Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, which Mika, because the TVs are on in there. They've got Spectrum New York One Liberal Channel, CNN Liberal Channel, and MSNBC with these two skanks, Joe and Mika. And uh, Mika is just uh, smiling all morning long. And you can just imagine why that would be the case. Well, if you read Democrats retain control of the Senate, then you know why this witch is smiling, because they did. I thought that uh, we won Nevada, we Republicans. I thought Laxalt had the easy win in Nevada. Maybe not easy, but certainly a, a big lead last Wednesday morning. But it gone, and uh, he lost. And now, all of a sudden, that much-anticipated December 6th runoff between those two Mensas, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, doesn't matter. Because even if Herschel wins that runoff, the Democrats will still retain control of the Senate. So this Nevada thing, of course, has Republicans in a tizzy. I told you, Sid, it was rigged between Arizona, where Mark Kelly beat beat, uh, Blake Masters, and Nevada. This thing was rigged from the beginning. I got this uh, friend, Delandro, Jen Delandro. She owns um, Dolce Aesthetics. In fact, me and Daniela are going there later on this afternoon for some Botox. And she went to vote even before Election Day. And she texts me. She's like, I got a bad feeling in my stomach. It's not going to matter. I'm like, Jen, this is why Donald Trump is losing everybody. Enough. Just go vote. Trust. Trust the, I guess, the operation and see what happens. Now, I can't tell you for a fact, and neither could any of you. You will try You'll call the station. You'll go nuts. 
None of you can tell me or anybody factually that something really wrong went down in Nevada and or Arizona. But Nevada specifically, that looked like a win. We went through this the morning when Bernie and I started the show by playing Queen. What was that? Uh, we are the champions. We started the morning after the election with We Are the Champions by Queen because we were under the impression Donald Trump had just beaten Joe Biden. Little did we know they were going to find votes everywhere. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, they found votes everywhere. That meme about that Chief Buccaneer Super Bowl is still my favorite. Tom Brady did not win the Super Bowl. We just found four more touchdowns for the Chiefs. Congratulations to Pat Mahomes. Ah, I get it. <laughs> get it. Those menses. Oh, yeah. But I'm not here to tell you that happened. All I'm saying is I know you psychos out there, this audience, and that's going to be your contention. It was rigged. They stole it from us. All I know is we lost. No. So Joe and Mika start this morning by saying, you know, people in the media were so sure, and they were two of them. They were part of it. My friend Chuck Todd, Meet the Press. He was absolutely predicting an avalanche. Absolutely. We played the audio 10 times. And, of course, he was able to say yesterday the Republicans imploded, made him, made him so happy. But everybody predicted it. Democrats, Republicans, you had to. If you were honest about your job, there was no way you thought in a million years Democrats would fare well. Now, in the state of New York... Although Lee Zeldin did lose to Kathy Hochul, Republicans did great. Flipped four congressional seats, we know that. Took some real long-term Democrats out of power. One guy in Brooklyn was there for like 35, 40 years, out. So in New York, Mike Lawler, D'Esposito, George Santos, all these were big, big wins. But around the country, this, uh, this Senate deal was really, really disappointing. Really disappointing. And the guy taking the heat for it right now is President Donald Trump. Today's headline of the New York Post, voters punish Trump-backed candidates. Deniers denied all the Trump-backed candidates on the uh, swing states, in the swing states, who denied the 2020 election results while vying to be the state's top election official, lost their race in a telling sign of Donald Trump's destructive influence. So if you listen to me every morning, and millions of you do, this is the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show, has been for months and months and months. When Bernie was here, God rest his soul, and since he's gone, nothing's changed. Still number one, getting big, big numbers, big numbers. If you listen, you know that last week, people like Bo Deedle, Peter King, they're done with Trump. And they're basically begging me to be done with Trump. But you can't, you know, with me, that's not going to work. I mean, I'm way too strong in my uh, loyalty and support. So I'm not going to jump off the Trump bandwagon until tomorrow. Maybe maybe later on today. I don't know. Oh, we're getting close. Yeah. Well, I'm almost there, to be honest. I just can't. It's fine. Oh, yeah. This is historic. You're a very loyal man. Doesn't take- well, I have no reason to be loyal to Trump. He, he's done nothing for me. I mean, he came on the show once six years ago. He's done a lot for your country. Once. Yeah, he was a good president. He was a great president. You know, I say all the time, he was the greatest one-term president ever. And outside of Ronald Reagan, arguably the best president in my lifetime. 
That's heaping praise. That's a that's a ringing endorsement. But he's such an a-hole. He's such a schmuck. I told his own future daughter-in-law that a couple of days ago. I texted Kimberly Guilfoyle. I said, will you tell your future father-in-law to shut up? You know what she said to me? Ugh, agreed. Not, oh, stop. Not, oh, it's not his fault. Not, he's not the villain. Ugh, agreed. His future daughter-in-law. He doesn't shut up. Thank you, Kimberly. I'll take the message right now. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Is it from Sid? Hope he doesn't hear that. But... One of them. One of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. If he hears it, he might not come onto your show anymore. Oh wait, never mind. Shut up. He. Um, See what Phil did there? Yeah, I saw. I got so many messages from people this weekend on my Instagram DMing me at Rosenberg That's my Instagram at Rosenberg Twitter at Sid Rosenberg. Facebook Sid Rosenberg and Truth Social, which I may have to get off today. I'm thinking about that too. New York morning best to um, don't jump off the ship. Trump is still the man. He's the greatest, blah, blah, blah. So as of right now, 610 on this Monday morning, Trump's my guy, and that's it. And nothing's going to change that. I'm writing it down 610. Well, it's actually 609, 57 yeah. seconds. Well, I get all these messages from people, and I, and, I, and I can't stand it, you know. There were two different sets of messages this weekend. One was the Trump stuff. The other, here we go again. You guys make me do this all the time. Then you complain because you don't listen, so I'm going to do it again. You morons out there, you let Curtis Sliwa get you so frenzied because you don't know the difference between shtick and real. And a lot of you believe that when Curtis Sliwa comes on the radio, for example, and vilifies me for having dinner with Eric Adams, you actually believe he's mad. He couldn't care less. But you people out there are too stupid to differentiate reality from radio shtick. So he does not one, not two, not three, 37 hours on me this weekend. Like every show, every midday show now is about me. The whole weekend is about me. I got in the car three or four times with Danielle to go shopping or go to dinner. Courtesy was talking about me. And you people all buy it because you're stupid. So now the Eric Adams thing. So what do I get? If Bernie was alive, listen, I'm going to ask you to do what Will Smith said. Keep my partner's name out of your mouth. You didn't know Bernie. He didn't know you. If he was alive, I would have gone to dinner with Eric Adams. If he was alive, he would have congratulated me on the dinner. He would have been like, wow, that's really cool. You don't know him. He didn't know you. You have no idea how this show works. I've told you time and time again. You just don't listen. The dynamic of the show was I ran the show for six years, not Bernie. Now, you may have liked Bernie more. Bernie was incredibly popular, as we saw when he passed away. God rest his soul. But I ran the show. I booked 99% of the guests. I hosted 99% of the shows. Most of the topics outside of what he wanted to talk about with his cuts were mine. I just don't understand why we have to tell you the same thing over and over again. And like this moron Sammy I heard. It's going to cover two minutes. Some guy in Howard Beach, Sammy. Well, if Bernie was alive, Sammy, you idiot. If Bernie was alive, I would have gotten to dinner and Bernie would have congratulated me, you moron. God. Some other stupid lady this morning. Well, if Bernie was alive, nothing would have changed. So here's the thing. Because clearly you don't listen to me. So you don't listen to me. So I'm going to have somebody else on my cast who was here every morning all these years, saw how the show operated, knows the dynamic of the show, tell you what I've been telling you for years because you just don't listen. 
So we'll start with you, Macedonia, Phil. Oh, we're going to go around. That's this right. Exciting. If Bernie was here, would he have gone for dinner, and would he have been okay with it? Um, well, first off, uh, you said years. I've been on the show for like five months. Oh, God. Um, You're right. Forgot about the kid, months. Luke Legrano. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's text no, Luke I, right I, now. I think, I think uh, Bernie would have been supportive. Uh, uh, 1,000%. I think he would have. He would have loved he, it. Because he, he's happy for your success, too, and that's definitely a thing of success. Having the mayor, despite you know political uh, opinions aside, having the mayor sit with someone one-on-one is a big deal. Big deal. And if you saw, the mayor put out an op-ed yesterday, which Don Katsimatidi sent me, where he was actually really, really critical of the Democrats— really critical, and how they're handling crime. It took him a while to get there. Maybe he wanted the election to be over first, right? So yeah. all of his guys got in. Now he was critical of Democrats this weekend, but he mentioned a bunch of things in that op-ed that me and Danielle brought to his attention on Thursday night, 1,000%. Also, like good things could come from this, too. Like If you're getting him to sit down with Rudy, that's, that's a big deal. That could, that could help out the city a lot. Yeah, I know. I know. So we're, we're trying to confirm that for one day this week. And that could help out the city a lot. He's willing to do it. Eric Adams, Rudy Giuliani on this show. Why don't you call out Rudy, folks? You're calling me out. Right? Call out Rudy. The greatest mayor in the history of this city. One of the greatest statesmen ever. And when I said on the air a couple days ago, Rudy, would you accept Eric Adams' dinner invitation? How enthusiastic was he, Lou? Or was he like, nah, no thanks. How'd it go down? He, he, right away was, um, I mean, uh, amenable to it. Right. So amenable. you stupid says, people out there who want to kill me Good for having idea. dinner with the mayor. Are you going to kill Rudy Giuliani, too, when he does it? Yeah, he was very uh, open to it. He said, of course. That's Sid, you get, it, you get it going, and I'm there. That's what he said. Because in the end, we live here, whether you're in Queens, Sammy. Sammy's like, Sid lives in Queens. He's not, he's not one of us. Hey, Sammy, baby. <laughs> the day I arrived in Queens, I was already one of you. Okay, I doubt people stop in front of your house and take selfies. I doubt people honk their horns when they drive by your house. I am all about Queens. It took me 15 minutes to do what you've done in 40 years. Sammy in Howard Beach, tough guy. I've got to fix my horn, apparently. You never honk when you drive no, by. I know this. No, I don't. No, I don't. Because you're always dressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we want the city to be healthy. We have family. We've got children. We want the city to be healthy. And if it means me sitting down with Eric, which is, I get, I guess that's bloated um, uh, in terms of my uh, ego, but Rudy Giuliani certainly can help, and he's all too excited to do it. I mean excited to do it. Then I spoke to his son, Andrew, who's actually vacationing down in Florida right now, and Andrew's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing. So why don't you send Rudy and Andrew nasty messages this morning? About sitting down with the mayor. Why don't you do that? It's not a good direction to go to. You don't have to send dirty messages to anyone. <laughs> Just don't, don't get them involved. Yeah. Rudy and Andrew don't deserve that. Well, well, dirty messages maybe are okay. So it doesn't matter about those. But... <laughs> Isn't my, the purpose might make the city better? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and he was willing to listen to me and my wife. And again, in the op-ed yesterday, there was our footprints all over it. And we'll see what happens. Maybe nothing happens. Maybe he continues to be a bad mayor. Maybe he turns out to be great. Either way, if he wants to meet with me, which he did, why would I say no? Because Sammy and Howard Beach thinks that Bernie is rolling over in his grave, you idiot. <laughs> Bernie would be the most excited of anybody. Or some stupid lady who Instagrammed me at 11 o'clock last night. All you care about is being famous. Right. That, that's right. That, that's all I care about. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> you menses. Anyway, we got a big show coming up today. We've got, uh, well, who's stopping by? Brian Kilmeade. He's in Tulsa. You know, I did Kilmeade's radio show on Friday in between our show and the Veterans Day Parade. Heard you. Sounded good. Oh, did you hear it? Oh, of thank you. I, well, I'm sitting right at the board here. So oh, I that's actually, right. Oh, yeah, we were listening in. We, yes, we yeah. were taking notes. Making a lot of funny. Well, when I was walking in, I just missed him. Sylvester Stallone was walking out. He was at Fox News all morning Friday promoting Tulsa King. And ironically, Brian Kilmeade is in Tulsa this morning. Not because of Stallone. He's actually promoting his book. He's got an onstage appearance. But Stallone was there. Anyway, Kilmeade will join me coming up at 745, 840. We'll talk to Dick Morris. There is no bigger Trump supporter in the world than Dick. That didn't sound right. No. Than Morris. Sorry, we dumped it. We dumped it. Too late. Yeah. But uh, let's see what he thinks. Because, again, the New York Post, Peter King, Bo Deedle, a lot of you folks out there blaming Donald Trump for the lousy election day showing for the Republicans. We'll see what Dick Morris thinks. And then Joe Pinion will join us at 9.05. I spoke to Joe on Saturday. And he made that race against Chuck Schumer Way too close, I would think, for Schumer's liking. Now, Schumer wins again, fifth consecutive term. He'll die in that office. God, want to get a crowbar to get him I out. know. But Pinion, really? Pinion made it close. So we'll talk to Joe Pinion coming up as well. Plus, video reports, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Off to a fiery start on this cold Monday morning. If you're first getting up and getting dressed, folks winter coat today for me and a tweed sport jacket and i was still chilly winter is here 10 days before thanksgiving here we are sid on wabc on a monday morning and i'll be back right after this i cannot believe we'd ever die for these sins we were merely freshmen On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Too many broken hearts have fallen in the river. Too many lonely souls have drifted out to sea. You lay your bets and then you pay the price. The things we do for love. The things we do for love. Joe Biden in China meeting with uh, Gigi Ping and... Uh, I guess I'll have a press conference at about 8.30 this morning. Most of the networks will carry it live. Tensions, of course, high between the United States and China. And if you listen to Gordon Chang on this show, and he's on once every other week on average, it's always a terrifying conversation. I mean, we're going to go to war in five years. and Sid, I don't know if you realize a <laughs> fungus that has grown in Southeast Asia... <laughs> And it is rapidly approaching Belgium, which has an air quality not unsimilar to our own. And then, of course, he talks about all these countries with nuclear weapons and uh, North Korea. And it just it's always I'm, I'm being I'm not exaggerating here. It's always a terrifying conversation. So we'll see how Biden fared in China. But what I found funny was watching pictures this morning on Spectrum, New York one of this huge table of uh, really all Asian people and Biden. And let's say there were 20 people at this table. Only two people were not wearing masks. Only two. And Joe Biden was one of them. <laughs> I mean, Joe Biden, mask up the kids, mask everybody up, mask this, mask that. 
and he was sitting in between, you know, 20 guys, and they're all wearing masks, white masks with a little red dot, duh. But uh, Joe Biden, no mask. No, there by 16 there. I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more last. Another yeah. 20 or so. so I'm going to be going in. And yet, with what you just played, and the laugh, him in China, and all the destruction that he's done, he gets away relatively unscathed after a very disappointing performance by the Republicans on Election Day. He really does. We heard for days and weeks, Election Day, the red wave is going to be a referendum on Joe Biden. Well, if that's the case, you guys think he's doing a pretty good job. Because they didn't get their asses kicked. They retained control of the Senate, even before Herschel's race. The House will go red, but it's close. Some of these huge governor races, all Democrats. Hochul beat Zeldin. Whitmer beat Tudor. And right now, Carrie Lake is still trailing. It's close, but she's still, uh, still trailing in Arizona. So when Nancy Pelosi, another witch, and she goes on with George Stephanopoulos, on a Sunday morning on ABC and starts to heap praise on Joe Biden while any rational person knows that's ridiculous, which includes most of you listening right now. None of you, I'm sure, are fans of Nancy Pelosi. And when you hear that, it makes you want to laugh. But she can say it. She can say it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And she did. This is Nancy Pelosi, cut number 16, courtesy of George Stephanopoulos and yesterday's ABC show. You think President Biden should run again? Uh, yes, I do. Um, oh my president God. Biden has been a great president for our country. <laughs> he has accomplished so much. Uh, 10 million jobs, over 10 million jobs under his leadership, working with the private sector, of course. Uh, he has uh, just done so many things that are so great. Name one. Uh, <laughs> Name we one. need a lot more to, uh, show to talk about. She, she can't even in people's yeah. pockets, I mean, vaccines in their arms, about. children back to school, people back <laughs> to work. So yeah. many things. I need more yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she we couldn't name have, one. We don't have a long enough show. Yeah, then all the things she named, of course, were in place before Joe Biden got there. But yeah. if we're going to talk Joe Biden running again in 2024 and presidential election on that same show yesterday with George Stephanopoulos. What's the name of that show? Um, ABC This Week. That's Will. That fat Chris Christie on, the former governor of New Jersey. That's oh, Chris Christie. And he talked about the upcoming election and how basically he doesn't see a scenario where the Republicans can win unless they win three major states. And he sounds doubtful about that. Lewis, this is Chris Christie, cut number 13, once again, courtesy here in New York of Channel 7. Look, you know, I think Donna made a really interesting point that Republicans need to think about. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. There is no scenario under which Republicans can win the presidency (laughs) in 2024 and lose all three of those states. They just can't. The electoral math doesn't work. Right. And those candidates lost, in my view, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, because they were seen as unstable, Trump-like candidates in all three of those states and the governor's races. And so we've got an assessment to make. Are we the party of me? Are we the party of us? Are we going to be the party of, you know, Donald Trump? Whatever is good for me is good for all of you, whether you think it is or it isn't. 
or are we going to be the party that try to represent the rest of the country? And that's the huge decision that has to be made the next two years. And the presidential process will help to decide that and some other things as well. See, he asks the question there, are we going to be that party, Trump, blah, blah, blah. But this next cut, cut 14, he doesn't ask any questions. I don't believe at least. I think he just tells us that Donald Trump has become a major problem. Chris Christie, cut number 14. Donald Trump has convinced a percentage of our party that the election in 2020 was stolen. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But what I think has happened is, and what you saw in these elections were two things. One, there were a lot of Republicans who did not vote for those election deniers because if they had, they would have won. Um, secondly, and independents almost certainly. And that's my next point. And uh, independents are sending a very clear message to the Republican Party. If you're going to go for the Trump style stuff in terms of the rhetoric, in terms of the conduct, um, those kind of things, and certainly the election deny, we're not going to vote for you. This is the first time that a party that's held the White House has won independence in 20 years. And the message for that is Trump is dragging the party down. First time they won independence, the incumbents, in 20 years. According to MSNBC this morning, Senator Rick Scott, a good buddy of mine, mine, he's been on this show a couple of times, the former governor of Florida, he said Republicans lost because our people did not show up. They did not show up. Anyway, Dave Chappelle in some hot water, monologue on SNL on Saturday night, and some folks thought some of his comments about ye. Is that his name now, Kanye West? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kyrie Irving boarded on anti-Semitic. We'll play some of those for you coming up. Dave Chappelle plus AOC plus Lee Zeldin and Kamala Harris. Wakanda forever. We need to start every show from now on with Wakanda forever. I know and what that as means. always, Wakanda forever. Thank you, Kamala. Paid for by Kamala Harris. <laughs> Moron. You know what that means? I have no idea. Yeah. No, no well, idea. Well, it's it's the new Black Panther movie, and it's it's the title is Wakanda Forever. By the way, it did about 175 million in New York and about 330 million nationwide. By far, the top-grossing box office film, and it's going to do amazing because everybody loved Black Panther, and this one is Wakanda Forever. But I have no idea what that. She does like this sign, like um, remember Mike Tyson. When he was at WrestleMania, the Generation X, and he would do this like crossbow sign with his arms. Do you remember that? Um, Maybe not. Vaguely. Well, that's what that's what this is. So in that so many things in that video you just played of Kamala Harris saying Wakanda forever, she does the X sign with her arms. Yeah. Wow. Big I mean, stuff. this is the vice president of the United oh States. Wakanda forever. What she appears. And yeah. She does something. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks for showing up. Traffic and sports coming up next. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to my good buddy, John Katsimatidis. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah, like that great Sunday morning show, the Cats Roundtable with John Katsimatidis. It's every Sunday morning starting at 8. He does tell both sides of the story. Here, John talks with our buddy, former Congressman the Great. Peter King. A little bit of national politics, Congressman yeah. King. I saw Sarah Palin was big in Alaska. What happened there? Yeah, I was just surprised. Uh, I mean, I was not following that race closely, but I know when, when they had like the first election in August, they had a special election and it was where you could switch your, uh, your voting, you know, the bank choice, whatever they call it up there. And she lost by like one, you know, one point or two points. 
Now she lost by about 25 points. I don't know what happened up there. I don't know what that's about. I've met Sarah Palin. I've known her over the years. I think she would have been a good member of Congress. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Pete Morgan brings it to you. My main man, Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers, the NFC East. Highlighted Monday Night Football tonight. The undefeated Eagles back on the field. But my Giants now have sole possession of second place behind the Eagles in the NFC East. How is that? Justin Ellick is here to tell you all about it. Well, thank you, Sid. Yeah, firstly, uh, the Cowboys did lose to the Packers. So the Cowboys now 6-3. Uh, Giants 7-2. and two, Sole possession of second place in the NFC East, as Sid mentioned, right behind the undefeated Eagles and uh, listen, the Giants they stuck with what worked yesterday against the lowly Houston Texans team, and that was Saquon Barkley, the star running back, carried a career high 35 times for 152 yards and a route to the 24 to 16 win, including this touchdown late in the third to help New York pull away. Hand off Barkley runs right to the end zone, touchdown Giants. Saquon Barkley from two yards out. His sixth rushing touchdown of the season. And the Giants answer Houston with seven of their own with 2.21 to go. That call courtesy of CBS. Daniel Jones, he was all right, going 13 of 17 for 197 yards and two touchdown passes. And the Giants, they do indeed move to 7-2 on the year. Sole possession of second place in the NFCs. They'll remain at home next Sunday when they welcome the Detroit Lions into town. And on the ice yesterday, just the Rangers in action as they dominated the Arizona Coyotes at home and route to a 4-1 win. All Rangers all night long. They score four unanswered goals after a scoreless first period to secure the victory. Eventual game winner coming off the stick of Adam Fox late in the second. Up next for the Hockey Blue Shirts is a four-game West Coast trip to, uh, set to begin in Seattle. On Thursday night, on the ice tonight, though, you've got just the Islanders in Ottawa at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time to face off with the Senators. And wrapping up on the hardwood here, the Nets and Knicks, both losers in their Sunday contest. Brooklyn fell on the road to L.A., uh, to the Lakers, excuse me, in L.A. by a score of 116-103. to 103. Anthony Davis shined with a season-high 37 points. And at MSG, the Knicks fell flat against the Oklahoma City Thunder, losing by a score of 145-135. to 135. Both teams off tonight will be back on the court tomorrow. Uh, here with your bottom-of-the-hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gobblelaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
643 on your Monday morning. Welcome back to the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City, the self-proclaimed best talk show in the morning in the mornings uh, across the country. That's me, Sid, here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We do have some breaking news, a couple of um, college campuses, I believe, across the country. So with that, let's um, let's go to Deb Valentine. She's in the newsroom standing by with the latest, I guess, starting off in Virginia, where there's been a deadly shooting on the campus of one of the best state universities in the country. Deb Valentine, take it away. Sid, we have tragedies at two separate universities. The University of Virginia that you just mentioned, now three students reported dead, two wounded. And at the University of uh, Idaho this morning, four students are dead at off-campus housing. Those four deaths are believed to be homicide. So three people killed, two others wounded in that shooting late Sunday at the University of Virginia, according to the school superintendent, Jim Ryan. And university police are looking for Christopher Darnell Jones, Jr. He's a former UVA football player in connection with that. He remains at large. And now this other story this morning, Moscow, Idaho police investigating the deaths of four University of Idaho students found Sunday in a home right near the campus. Those deaths are believed to be homicides. We'll have more details coming up at 7 Well, how do they know that? Was there gunshots? Well, that, or, uh, no, because they're if you, not Because if you said to me there was a fraternity party on Saturday night and they all died of a fentanyl overdose, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, well, that's not official. Uh, officers with the Moscow Police Department discovered these deaths when they responded to a report of an unconscious person okay and uh autopsies are not official yet but they do suspect homicides in moscow idaho at the university of idaho all right great job thank you deb valentine of course provides nudes every morning for me right here on abc does a tremendous job so well thank you for that deb valentine lee zeldin did speak this weekend of course he was um he spoke with us first after his loss to Kathy Hochul last Tuesday. He did a 26-minute interview with us. I don't know if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but he was on some one of these. Uh, oh, Sunday Futures with Maria Bartiromo, Fox Business, yesterday. And he talked about Ron DeSantis, Florida, moving out of the state, Kathy Hochul, a whole bunch of issues near and dear to us. So let's get uh, these two cuts in, three cuts, excuse me. This is uh, Lee Zeldin, number one, talking about crime in New York and if, in fact, New Yorkers will continue to leave. Lewis, Lee Zeldin, cut number eight. It's really important as the Democrats go forward that they understand uh, that they can't be passing more pro-criminal laws. They need to make changes to some of the pro-criminal laws that they've passed already, like cashless bail. We still have rogue district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, who might be emboldened to go forward with policies refusing to enforce the law. Uh, the governor is going to have to step in and crack down on it. We have to support our men and women in law enforcement. Many of the issues that we were campaigning on, they don't just go away the day after an election. And we continue to see that with all the crime headlines that continue to uh, be part of the news. And that's going to impact New Yorkers deciding whether or not to stay in the state and for others to decide whether or not to travel to New York. Yeah, you know, I tell you, so many people said to me, well, they asked me on Wednesday morning, they said, if in fact... All these New Yorkers didn't run to Florida, and I'm one of the few jerks who ran back to New York, close to the age of 50, by the way. But if these New Yorkers didn't run to Florida, all those voters, potential Republican voters, would have voted for Lee. And maybe that was all Lee needed to beat Kathy Hochul. And that's a possibility, a real possibility, because so many New Yorkers ran out of here 
because of the Democrat rule, both in the city, de Blasio and Adams, but mostly Governor Cuomo and Hochul. Zeldin addressed that with Maria, once again, Fox Business, yesterday talking about potential voters leaving and instead voting for Ron DeSantis. This is cut number nine. Do you think partly people left New York because of crime, left New York because of high taxes, they went to Florida, and that in the end hurt you because they they weren't here to vote for you? Uh, you That's true. There were probably uh, more than a few Ron DeSantis voters uh, this past Tuesday, former New Yorkers who decided to leave because they hit their breaking point in the state policies that made them look to places like Florida and decide that their money will go further, they'll feel safer and live life freer. Uh, No doubt that that's absolutely a reality here. He also talked about the Democrat strategy in making sure that he did not lose to Kathy Hochul, even though, of course, Hochul was the odds-on favorite and an overwhelming favorite early on. Once again, courtesy of Fox Business and Maria Bartiromo. Lewis, this is the final Lee Zeldin cut, cut number 10. Oh, listen, I mean, the Democrats threw everything at us. They brought in in the last week here into the state, uh, Joe, Jill Biden, Bill, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, uh, every celebrity that they could drum up taking shots at us. Uh, and we still came as close as we did in a blue state like New York with Joe Biden won by 23 points. We're not going anywhere. We have to work even harder today. Everybody out there, if you're frustrated uh, by the results this past Tuesday, if you use it as motivation to work even harder. But we have a country to save here in New York. We have a state to save, uh, and I'm all in to do absolutely everything in my power to help. All right, so New York uh, had a pretty good day, but again, the country, the Senate uh, stays with the Democrats. They flipped Pennsylvania. John Fetterman getting the win over Dr. Oz. They held Arizona. Not a big surprise there that Kelly beat Blake Masters, but they hold Nevada. And again, the last couple of days, we were all under the impression that Laxalt won in Nevada. And that's why the December 6th runoff in Georgia between Walker and Warnock was going to decide the Senate. But we found out over the weekend that Nevada went to the Democrats. And now that runoff between Walker and Warnock in Georgia means nothing. Even a Walker win will not give the Republicans control of the Senate. It's official. The Democrats have retained the Senate. And this big red wave. And, and how many times, Lewis, over the years, you've only been here for half a year. Uh, Alec has been here for longer. When hosts make comments like, we are sick and tired. New York is sick and tired. The country is sick and tired. And I would go, but wait a second. How do we know that? It's all anecdotal, of course. If you watch Jesse Waters and you watch Mark Levin and you watch Sean Hannity, yeah, we're sick and tired. Sick and tired. If you listen to Bernie and Sid or Greg Kelly, yeah, we're sick and tired. But then again, if you watched any one of these 50,000 liberal outlets... They didn't seem so sick and tired. They were more upset about abortion. Nonsense? Sure it was. But it worked. They were more upset about gun laws. They were more upset that you know Donald Trump rather than a young Asian girl being pushed on the tracks and run over by a speeding subway. And I'd always say, well, we're not going to know until Election Day just how sick and tired we are. And it turns out we're not so sick and tired. No, we're fine. We're okay. We're all good. They retain the Senate. The House is really close. They won just about every major gubernatorial election. So now, 
for the next two years when we talk about president and you hear guys go, we're tired of it. Joe Biden, we're tired of it. And then what's going to happen? No matter who they run, they're going to make it close. Trump's not going to kill anybody. DeSantis is not going to kill anybody. It's going to be close because the numbers dictate that. Now, I'm not saying we can't win. Chris Christie was a little doom and gloom for me yesterday. And I'm not saying I wouldn't make either one of those two candidates, Trump or DeSantis, the favorite today. But let's stop with sick and tired. We're all sick and tired. I used to yell at Bernie about that. You know I did. You know I did. I'm like, how do you know? Maybe you're sick and tired. I'm sick and tired. But until the voters speak, we don't know. And Tuesday was a major disappointment. Not enough people, I guess, are sick and tired. Look at the gas prices going up again. Did you say ass prices? Gas prices, yes. Well, my ass prices always go up. Gas you escorts? Prices. Oh, I thought you meant escorts. <laughs> Look at those ass prices. <laughs> Can't get a decent hooker for that's a decent... When, that's when you're coming into the city. <laughs> right. Well, they get it for free, the... Uh... You know, the ambassadors and stuff. The U.N. week, you know, that works. one 800 848 Still to come next hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And Brian Kilmeade, he's always great with me, coming up on a Monday morning. Rich Lowry is off. He'll be back next week. Dick Morris coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Let's see how he defends Donald Trump. And then we'll talk to Joe Pinion, fresh off a really game effort against Chuck Schumer, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Keep it right here on Monday mornings with Sid, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. President Biden and President G, he just looks so out of his league, man. I'm, You know, they're talking about getting along, how important it is for the world, for U.S. and China, duh. Talking specifically about climate con- control, and I'm, I can't stand that topic, you know that. It wasted time and money, and God, something may happen in a thousand years, I don't know. But in about a thousand minutes, someone's going to die right outside here on Third Avenue, that I can promise you. It's unavoidable, Sid. We've got many things plaguing the world right now. Actually, several land masses could be swallowed up by the time I'm done talking. That's Gordon Chang. That's very good. Um, so those two guys are, are talking, and they're in uh, Bali, Indonesia. They, uh, Biden did talk before 
they went behind closed doors. He looks like he's going to fall. He does. Just look, shaking hands. Well, we're watching video right now on MSNBC <laughs> of him shaking hands with President G before the meeting. They are behind closed doors now. He is set to exit the meeting, President Biden, in about 30 minutes. Then he'll speak to the press. He won't take any questions, of course, but he'll speak to the press. And that'll be a, a total waste of time. And <laughs> the whole thing is a waste of time. Uh, look, 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 Jack, we're, we're, we're working on... Watch uh, me. Watch. How'd you do today with President G? Watch me. Watch I, me. I, was I with G? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> I, was, I was there. I was there. See, that's where President Trump did such a great job, you know? I mean, it's, it's really a shame... I was just listening to uh, Greg Kelly, I guess. Um, what's his name? Uh, Alec is in the back. So Alec does our show, and then he spends the rest of the morning. I don't know why, but he spends the rest of the morning cutting up audio for Greg Kelly, and Greg Kelly's audio is himself. It's hilarious. It's all his own Newsmax shows. So he's going on this whole rant about how Donald Trump is always right, Greg Kelly. So I, I leaned in, took a listen to it. And, uh, for the most part, Kelly's right. I mean, Donald Trump is always right. But he just... You talk about self-sabotage. You talk about shooting yourself in the foot. I don't know if I know anybody better at that than Donald Trump, and he is just really turning people off, even some real staunch staunch supporters all over the country every day. I mean, every day. Got to calm down, Donnie, baby. I want you sitting there with President G, not DeSantis, certainly not Joe Biden. But the way you're going at it right now, it ain't going to work. Anyway, lots more to come. Next hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Brian Kill Me. More journey on the way out right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Monday morning back here at Sid Rosenberg on 77 WABC. 
So you know I'm good friends with Cindy Adams. I love Cindy Adams. And she comes on this show every now and then, and it's a scream. I mean, she's a great guest. And her Sunday afternoon show here on ABC is great. In my opinion, it's one of the better shows we've got all weekend long. Because Cindy, at, what is she, 90 now? 91, whatever it is. She's sharp as a tack. She's fearless. She's hysterical. You talk about strong opinions. <laughs> she hasn't, you know, we spoke twice on Friday, but she didn't mention the Eric Adams dinner. She hates Eric Adams, man. She hates him. And uh, she's not a big fan of Adams or Biden or any of these people. And she doesn't beat around the bush. I told you months ago, I went for dinner one night. I was invited by John, Margo, and Chad with Cindy to Gallagher's. That's her steak place. She said some things to me I can't even repeat. I mean, I wouldn't even say it. And I'm bad. <laughs> I've been suspended and fired a hundred times. That's bad. I know. It made Sid Rosenberg blush. I was like, wow. I mean, that's how funny she is and biting. A couple of weeks ago, I got uh, Dolores Catania to hop on her show. That was great. And uh, this weekend, she wanted Sarah Palin. And you guys know, of course, Sarah is a friend of mine. Her and her boyfriend... A very good friend of mine, Ron Duguay, for many, many, many years. In fact, four days before the election, Ron and Sarah were on together from their hotel room in Manhattan. They had gone, she flew in on a Wednesday, six days before Election Day. They went to the Nick game that Wednesday night, her very first ever Ranger game that Thursday night. And that Friday, she was heading back to Alaska because of the election. And uh, she called in, her and Duguay together on that Friday. And Andrew Giuliani, who was on with me that day, and many others said, I I don't get it. She has an election in four days in the state of Alaska. And she's in New York at a Nick game and a Ranger game with Ron Duguay. I I said, listen, I don't know. I mean, I thought she was going to win easily in Alaska. So she didn't have to be there. Well. As it turned out, the race was easy, but it was easy for a competitor because she got shellacked. In fact, our cut of the day today, the clip of the day, John Katsimatidis, my guy, talking to Peter King about that exact race. Palin in Alaska, she got her head handed to her. And, of course, I've spoken to her since a bunch of times, and she took it in stride. It's all good. She co. In fact, um, I spoke to her last week because I said, hop on with Cindy And she was heading to Washington, D.C., and the next day she was heading to Toronto to watch her boyfriend, Ron Duguay, skate in an old-timers game, like a Toronto Hall of Fame hockey game. So I said, listen, you got to call Cindy at a specific time on Friday so she could air it on her show on Sunday. And she said, Sid, I'll be at the airport, but I'll do this for you. Plus, she knows how iconic and legendary Cindy Adams did, and to be completely honest, she was really excited to go on with her. I mean, she had her, uh, initially, she was like, what does she want to talk to me about? I'm like, I don't know. What, what, what? What could she talk to you about? So she goes, I'll be at the airport on Friday, heading to Toronto to watch Dukes, Ronnie. I said, that's fine, to find a corner or a spot somewhere in the airport and uh, find some privacy and call into Cindy. Well... <laughs> As it turns out, she did, in fact, call Cindy 
from the airport on Friday. But I guess the corner where she called Cindy at the airport wasn't all that private. How do I know that? (laughs) Because when she's on the air with Cindy, you heard this on Sunday, she starts talking about climate control or one of these ridiculous issues the Democrats obsess on. And you can hear some person, some dopey lady at the airport, standing there yelling at Sarah Palin. I don't want to hear it. And Cindy Adams gets involved, and you don't mess with Cindy Adams. This was such an adorable back and forth that I have to play it. So once again, this is courtesy of our dear friend Cindy Adams, WABC on Sundays. It's Palin calling in and somebody at the airport getting involved. Lewis, this is cut number 21. It's the liberal radicals who use, say, global warming as a fundraiser for their, for all of it. Oh, somebody's um, interrupting me, Cindy, as I'm speaking. Hey, I'm, I'm voicing my opinion. Yeah, I don't need to. Okay, you can move. It's not a public space. It's part of it. Okay, I'll lower my voice. Oh, tell him to go screw himself. Pardon the expression. I just Thank mumbled you. it as he walked off. Too bad about him. I don't know who he is. He's probably a Democrat. Go, go. Keep talking to me. I love talking to you. How great is that? You hear the guy in the background like, I don't want to hear this. And she tries to shut him up. And there's Cindy Adams. Oh, he's probably some Democrat. Tell him to shut up. That's why you got to love Cindy Adams, no? I mean, you got to love her. I wish they would allow her. No, they couldn't. They couldn't do it. But if they would allow her to say how she really feels... She would just, she'd own the airwaves. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was a cute little back and forth. And Cindy sticking up with Sarah Palin. Nice job out of you. Now, talking about comedy, Dave Chappelle, all over the news today. Bernie used to love Chappelle, by the way. That was his guy. Loved him. So SNL, which nobody who nobody watches that. Does anybody watch that anymore? Anybody? I didn't know it was still on. I know. I couldn't even tell you, like, one of their players, one primetime player. But obviously, Lorne Michaels is still there. So they had Dave Chappelle host a show on Saturday night. And in his monologue, he spent a lot of time talking about anti-Semitism, the Jewish people, the latest with Kanye Ye West, and this uh, Brooklyn Nets idiot Kyrie Irving. And whatever he said caused a lot of controversy. I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. And I have not heard any of these cuts yet. So the good news is the listening audience, we're going to hear this, a lot of us, for the first time together. How about that? Almost like sex almost, right? It's exciting. Uh, not quite. Not quite, yeah. No. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> nice try. Here is uh, Dave Chappelle. This is courtesy of NBC SNL. We've got seven cuts. Did you like it that much, Phil? Macedonia, Phil, that much? I'm eating right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I won't bother you again. I'm sorry. Yeah, this yeah. is the busy time for <laughs> Only my group. I can't even ask him any questions. I'm eating. I'll get back to you later. He must have liked it because he cut seven cuts out of this. Sorry, Phil. Sorry. Uh, Here's number one. Get the times of the day. (laughs) This is uh, Dave Chappelle talking about anti-Semitism. Cut one. Before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. (laughs) I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms. Why is that funny? And I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, 
is how you buy yourself some time. Oh, that's right. It's funny. See, that's funny. Well, He's that's, right. Well, that's funny. It's right. Well, it's really that simple. I denounce anti-Semitism, whether it's Kanye or Kyrie. If either one of these two billionaire morons would have said that, a lot of the heat would have gone away. But they didn't do that. So that was kind of funny. Here, uh, Chappelle goes on to talk about Yee's tweet. This will be Chappelle cut number two. I've probably been doing this uh, 35 years now. And early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. <laughs> 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 That's funny. That's funny. Jeez, that was funny. I've done some scrapes before. Normally, when he when he's in trouble, I pull up, I pull up immediately. But this time, I was like, you know what? Uh, let me see what's gonna happen first. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> I can't even remember how it started. Vaguely, I remember it started with a tweet, strange tweet. It was like, um, I'm feeling a little sleepy. <laughs> I'm going to give me some rest, but when I wake up, I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on the juice. Yeah, no good. No. And then he just went to bed. <laughs> go to bed. I was up all night worried. What is he going to do to the juice? You know, to his point, I went to Yeshiva, of course, to high school. I started at Poly Prep, and... My parents were annoyed that every one of my friends was Italian, so they sent me to Yeshiva. I've been over this story. I went to the old defunct Solomon Schechter on Church Avenue and East 5th Street by the Prospect Expressway. And um, at least my friends, if you said the Jew, they found that to be, believe it or not, anti-Semitic. If you said, hey, that kid, Sid Rosenberg, is Jewish, they were okay with that. But once you said he's a Jew... They felt like that was a negative connotation. I'm not sure that's always the case. That's kind of silly, but that's how they felt. So uh, here, Dave Chappelle talks about growing up around Jews. This is cut number three. I grew up around Jewish people. I have a lot of Jewish friends, so I'm not freaked out by your culture. I know a little bit about it just from hanging around. I'm like, yo, yo, let's go out at school tomorrow. They'll be like, we can't go out. It's Shanana tomorrow. I'm like, where? Donna. What is Shanana? Why do some of your people dress like Run DMC? <laughs> Funny. And uh, this cut here, you know, when Kanye West made those comments, this is what kind of turned me off. If Kanye West had lost millions of dollars, I would get that. I understand he's a wealthy man. He's too wealthy. The reports were that he lost upwards of a billion and a half what has ye done in his lifetime, music and all, that makes him worthy of losing that much money? That annoyed the hell out of me. But that's a fact, and he lost it when Adidas said, see ya, Dave Chappelle, cut number four. A year ago, I'd seen him on a podcast called Drink Champs. Well, great show. Uh, and it was it was an amazing appearance. Uh, Noriega and them were there, the rappers that I love, and they all had their gold chains and stuff on and uh, Kanye said, only millionaires wear chains. They said, what? <laughs> he said, I'm a billionaire. <laughs> billionaires don't wear their money on their body. I tucked my chain and I said, oh, snap. 
Some good parents. It was fun and funny. But when he woke up, he went on Drink Champs again. This time, he was on one. He was mad about something. He said, I can say anti-Semitic things. And Adidas can't trap me. Now what? Adidas dropped that immediately. <laughs> Ironically, Adidas was founded by Nazis. And they were offended. Against the students who passed the teacher. All right, we'll get to the Kyrie Irving stuff and Jews run Hollywood and Jews run everything. We'll get to that later on. That was mostly Kanye West. Dave Chappelle, again, coming under fire, believe it or not, this morning. They're calling it controversial, if not anti-Semitic, some of those jokes. I found it to be extremely funny and creative. And uh, like my late partner, Bernie, I think Dave Chappelle is a genius. Bill O'Reilly's morning message... And Brian Kilmeade, still to come, 7 a.m. hour, right here with me, Sid, only on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, I lived in Florida for a couple of years, way back in the 1970s. I was teaching high school history in a place called Opalaka, where you don't want to go. It's a very, very tough neighborhood. Now, back then, Florida was tranquil. It had only one professional sports team, the Dolphins, and it was pretty much a retirement village, a giant one. But now things have changed. Florida has emerged as the capital of American tradition, the land of opportunity for the self-reliant, the most powerful red state. Texas is right behind but it isn't generating the numbers that Florida is. So what happened? Well, millions of Americans from places like New York, Illinois, Pennsylvania, other states that tax you up to your eyebrows said, we can't afford this. We're going to Florida. And they brought with them a conservative ideology that took some time to be rooted. But now... People are going to Florida in droves, pardon the cliche, because the liberal states are out of control. So what we have here is the ultimate red state, Florida. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to Bill O'Reilly's morning message, I don't think about Florida all that much, even though I have a ton of listeners that listen to this show down in Florida. I mean a ton that listen every day on the app. Go get the app, by the way, folks. 77 WABC app. It's free. Uh, Some of you still listen on that Clear Channel app. Stop doing that. Download our app, 77 WABC. And I've got a ton of listeners, really a ton, down in Florida that still listen to me here. And uh, came to love Bernie as well and became a, a big part of our audience. So I do hear from them daily, and so I do think a little bit about them. But the truth is I don't think about Florida often until this morning when I exited my house in Queens at exactly 4.14 a.m. and I was freezing. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a, a really nice winter sports coat, Joseph Abood, and I had my winter coat on for the first time today, so it was fine. If you dress warm enough and, you know, I've got a glove and scarf and a hat and all that nonsense, then you're okay. But I was still kind of cold. It was chilly. You know, when uh, I got up at 3.15 and you make that walk to the bathroom and it feels like the floor is really cold before you take a hot shower, it's just the worst feeling. It's the worst. And then I start to, you know, think about Florida. And then Bill talks about how there's no state tax. You know, you actually make what you make in Florida for the most part. Here in New York... You know, they tell you you're making a certain amount of money, and by the time they're done with taxes, you're lucky to make half. And all of a sudden, that salary, which sounds pretty good on paper, ain't much. Florida, you make what you make. It's great. And the weather is nice. I had a pool in my backyard and a community pool, 13 minutes east of the beach. Everything clean and brand new, and it's not void of crime, but I like this. I'm sorry. Not even void of homeless. In fact, most days I would drive down Glades Road in Boca Raton, head towards either the, it was one of two ways. I could take the Turnpike or the Sawgrass Expressway, or really three ways, I-95. And you would see a homeless guy. There was one, one homeless guy in Boca. It's hilarious. It makes sense because if you know Boca, it's a very fancy, it's Manhasset South. And the homeless guy was an Israeli guy who was in tremendous shape, great tan, really nice shorts. He was homeless. And I know we stop off on Friday and give him holla for Shabbos. But you weren't seeing the type of dirtbag lowlifes you see here, the homeless, even in Florida. Maybe down in Miami, but not, not in Boca. And um, I'm getting older now and less patient, sick and tired of the Democrats here in New York. You know, just tired of the dirt and the filth. And thank God I live in a beautiful place. I really found it. I found the perfect place to live for me. Clean. You've got a beautiful home. My neighbors are 95% Republican. Cops, firemen, first responders, good people. Like, I walked past a house the other day. We went to, um, um, what place did I go to again? It was somewhere on 129. I forget which one it was. The outdoor place. 
Right? Yeah, Callie's. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I walked past a house, and the front door had two signs on the front door. Gregory Meeks, who beat my friend Paul King, and Kathy Hochul, who beat my friend Lee Zeldin. And I was shocked because you know the audience there. Every lawn has a Zeldin, King, Tom Sullivan flags, or Republican, a lot of Trump flags out there even now. So to see a house that had Meeks and Hochul was shocking to me. And I thought about egging that house. Yeah, I, mean, that's what I just thought you were going to do. <laughs> I thought about it maybe uh, 10 years ago. Listen here. But, you know, look, again, I, I, I live in the right place, but there are so many things about Florida that are so great, really. Look, is, that, is that place still available? I was just going to ask your place. In Florida? Yes, in Florida. My house? Yes, your house. You want to buy it? I'm asking if it's available because it sounds nice. It is nice. Okay. But um, it's not available, no. Oh, yeah. Or just not available to me. No, no. I'd make it available to you first, of course. Oh, okay. But it's not available. Okay. Because the sound of getting uh, most of your money sounds very appealing. Uh, listen, it, again. Oh, wait. I forgot. Everything's fine up here. I Everything's forgot. great. Everything's oh. great. Yep. Uh, she just got no but, no, but actually, you know, she won, but Republicans, you know, they flipped four seats. This was a good spot in New York for Republicans. Oh, okay. Well, wait until the congestion pricing goes up. Oh, I know. Effects. Listen, you don't got to tell me. I know. Next year, wait till the cameras and the speed cameras go up and up and they're all over the place. She wants to put more of them in. Well, why do you live here then? I, 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 that's why I just asked. Yeah. Because I was born here. But you want to get out of here in the worst way. <laughs> I mean, last week you even mentioned Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is a horrible place. God, am I sorry I said that. Yeah, too. Me too. But you'll do anything to get out of here. You'll move to any place. doesn't and, matter. Anywhere else has given you your full check. The taxes are insane. So is that your biggest issue, taxes? Well, it will, it, it will be as you get older. Wait until you, you know, well, we're the same age almost. So. Yeah. It's too. I know it's awful. It's Who do you really think? Yeah, I know. I know. All, I mean, you got to make millions and millions of dollars. And guess at, at that point, I guess it doesn't matter. But you know, like the salary that I make is a is a pretty good salary. But it's not great because again, once taxes hit it, it's not it's not a ton of money. You know. No. You got to make millions and millions of dollars, not billions, here in New York to feel like. It's not going to really bother. It's not, it's not going to hurt you. You know, I got a daughter in college in Europe right now who spends, like I said last week, like she's on a teen tour, not at college. My son goes to a school that's six figures because it's in New York City. Even with good interest rates when I bought my house, because now they're through the roof, I still have a pretty hefty mortgage. You know, I have two car payments. It's over. That's it. You know, if you make $2 million, it's over. That's it. And I don't make that. Not even close. So it's hard to live here. And now the cold weather is here, and that's depressing. The train system. Train blows. blows. It's just, you know, you've got to find new ways almost every day to be grateful for living in New York. Like in Florida, I didn't think about it. I got up, whether it was December, April, or November, threw on a pair of shorts, one of my, you know, lousy Sid Rosenberg show T-shirts, hopped in my car. Hopped on the turnpike. 40 minutes later, I was in West Palm Beach. Did my show, came home, and had a variety of choices. Am I going to play tennis? Which I did. Am I going to the beach? Which I did. Am I going to sit outside of my pool, have a cup of coffee for three hours? Which I did. That was it. It was great. That's rough. (laughs) I know. Go to the gym, which I did. I know. Decisions. 
the lifestyles are completely different. So when Bill O'Reilly talks about Florida being the new quote-unquote capital of the United States, there's a lot of good reasons why. I don't blame people for leaving here and moving there. Not one. Even Bernie, God rest his soul, who would have been very excited, despite what you idiots think about the Eric Adams dinner with me and Danielle on Thursday night, you morons. He would have been the first to be excited. Well, if Bernie was alive, well, okay, shut up. You don't know him, <laughs> idiots. But he hated Florida. Hated it. So when I moved back, he'd be like, how'd you live there? They got bugs the size of Rhode Island and the humidity. <laughs> and before he passed away, he was on his way to Jupiter, Florida. His family took a timeshare in Disney. He didn't go to that. That was usually Carol and the kids. But he was ready to move to Florida. The days of, I'm moving to New Hampshire. I'm moving to some northeast state. They were gone. I mean, he was on the way to Florida. So, Bill O'Reilly's right. And there's a lot of reasons why. And one of them is the lady that won last Tuesday, Kathy Hochul. Above and beyond taxes. Crime, filth, all that stuff that makes New York less desirable every day. I believe the number one reason why people are leaving, Kathy Hochul. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So Friday was a uh, such a busy day for me. We had the dinner, me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, with Mayor Eric Adams on Thursday night. I got no sleep. Then I did the Veterans Day show here on Friday. And then, of course, I was on a Vietnam Vet USA float in the pouring rain. In fact, uh, you saw me on Channel 7 if you watched that all afternoon. But in between the radio show and the Veterans Day parade, I had the fortunate opportunity to guest on my friend Brian Kilmeade's amazing Fox News radio show, which you heard, of course, right here on WABC. You hear it every day after me at 10 a.m., and that was an absolute blast. And I got there not long after Brian was hanging out with the great actor Sylvester Stallone, which may explain why he's in Tulsa this morning. So with that said, here he is, Fox News, uh, Fox and Friends, of course, his own show on Saturday nights. It's really terrific. One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. And right here on WABC, my friend, Brian Kilmeade. Good morning, Brian. Sid, great to be with you. On Friday was fun, right? It was I a great parade, time. Though. It was a great time. The parade was nice. I mean, the weather was miserable. It was pouring. But I got to tell you, Brian, the turnout was still pretty good. People lined up and down Fifth Avenue cheering on the veterans. And that's always nice to see. But hanging out yeah. with you was was a great time on that radio show on Friday. So thank you. Oh, no, it was great. It was a great way to finish out the week. And it was one of those times in which everyone, I'm in Oklahoma and had a chance to come to Tulsa. Before that was in Mississippi because to be able to go on stage and do some stuff on stage. I know you've done before. I'll be in Newark on December 2nd and be able to talk about all my books, interact with people, find out what they think. And, of course, the midterm elections. But New York is was even the conversation in uh, in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi. And then last night I got off the stage at about 1145 local time, which is 1245 our time and uh, in the morning. But just being able to talk to people and and. Uh, interact was great, but everybody is saluting New York. A lot of people saluting New York around the country 
for sending a message and really saving the House if, in fact, the House does go ahead and get saved. No, there's no question New York had uh, had a good day, uh, obviously flipping four congressional seats, two of those out on Long Island. I mean, Lee Zeldin did lose a gubernatorial race to Kathy Hochul, but the rest of the state, New York did well. But you look around the country, now there is no Senate for the Republicans. Forget about Herschel Walker. Nevada's a loss already. Chuck Todd saying yesterday the Republicans imploded. Today's cover of the New York Post, deniers denied Donald Trump, any candidate that he backed lost. Now, they're blaming Donald Trump for this. Overall, I think you'd have to admit, based on expectations, Jesse Waters saying Wednesday, excuse me, Monday night, we're going to get 54 seats. Based on expectations, Election Day for Republicans around the country was a disaster. True. And and that's the problem, is that if you go by the polls, you say, you know what, that should, that should be going to break a certain way. So you go by the polls, and Masters is within one. Bulldog is up one or down one. He loses by eight. Uh, Masters will not concede, but they're saying he cannot win. And the AP gave it to Kelly. Okay. And then you have other close races like Laxalt was winning the whole time. And they go, no, uh, Clark County has just come in. You lost. Really? He was, he's been winning for three months. Well, hold on. When you, when you say really, wait, when you say really, because you know that the, my audience here is a bunch of psychos. They really are. God bless them. And they think everything is rigged when they lose. Just like Democrats do. Everything is rigged. So are you at least intimating Brian Kilmeade that there was something wrong in the state of Nevada? Don't know. And, and I think that what I'm going to do is stay away from speculation. Uh, I'm going to just say, because I don't know, I'm not counting the ballots. I have not seen anything that indicates that they got experts there and if the GOP didn't line themselves up, uh, lawyer themselves up with all the money that they have and they have collected, they're to blame. You and I can't handle Clark County. We got our, our plates to fall, <laughs> right? I mean, I can't go to the drop boxes, but you have 300 drop boxes around your state. And they're like, yeah, we haven't picked up all the ballots yet. And it was already Thursday. So there was no organization there. I mean, Arizona and Nevada embarrassed us again. Right, especially Arizona. Florida straightened their act out. Uh, you know, for for a long time there were problems in different states. North, North Carolina was a problem. North Carolina is not a problem now. So Florida is probably the best example of a of a state that rallied and said we're in tires of embarrassing ourselves and ruling elections. Uh, starting back in 2000, now they're done in one hour after the polls close. They're done. So I'm um, forget one thing. I would say universal. I don't want to see signature match. Think about the last time you concentrated on your signature. It's probably, you know, for you, Sid, 1971. <laughs> if if uh, then, maybe even right. if then. I mean, I sign an SFR for Sidney Ferris Rosenberg, right. and it's different and more, almost every and, time. And the, and the more famous you get, the worse your signature is. That's true. Soon you're not going to be able to vote. <laughs> right? And so we should go back to ID. Just go back to ID. 80% of the country is for ID. It's not racist. And when you have ID, you're done. And there's a way to do it remotely. I think it's the last four digits of social security number. You don't get it. You don't get it. And the digits on your license. No, you don't get it. You're you're clearly racist. You don't understand that black people don't have ID. You don't get that? (laughs) Yeah, I know you're being sarcastic. And by the way, if you want to say something that's totally socially insensitive, say that and mean it. You don't mean it. Of course not. People say that. And I think to myself, what an insult. Because someone is uh, is a, a certain skin color, lives in a certain area, has a certain income, you don't think you can't function in society without a license. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. In fact, Tulsa King, to talk about full circle, the whole premise is Sylvester Stallone's in jail since 98. He's a mobster, and he comes out, and he has no ID. And he has to go get a credit card. He has no ID, so he has to go take his driver's test. 
and get an ID. It gets a learner's permit at something like 74 years old and then get a, get a credit card. You can't exist in society without it, even to register for homeless, uh, homeless housing. Right. You know, in our shelters or the great tent city that, that your, <laughs> your mayor that you have dinner with all the time. Oh, my God. Built for $300 yeah. million dollars or whatever and took down again. <laughs> You know, you, you get these people all riled up. Dinner with all the time. It was one dinner. And, um, of course, I was at the very front, along with Curtis Sliwa. But Sliwa, it's all personal because Eric Adams beat him so badly, he's humiliated. And Greg Kelly, because Eric Adams went after his father. But in terms of somebody with no skin in the game, I was the first to really vilify Eric Adams. And uh, you would even say lots of times uh, in the morning, I would. you know, said this, said that. And now it seems like... Yeah, but now it seems like you're all there where I was, and I'm still trying to give the guy a chance. He's the mayor of my city, but it doesn't seem like you want to give him any chance anymore. Well, you know, for a thing, I didn't have – two months ago when you came on, where I came on your show, and you were yelling at me saying about <laughs> Eric Adams giving him too nice to him, that was a mischaracterization. I should have sued you then. <laughs> and now you have totally mischaracterized. All I'm saying is I'm looking at some of the things that aren't happening, and I'm extremely frustrated because I gave him, I had great hope yeah. uh, of, you know, when but, you're but, a but, bad coach. But, 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 wait a second. Great. What about yesterday when he came out and he said, you can read this in today's New York Post, he came out and he blamed Democrats. Listen carefully. Eric Adams blamed Democrats for their soft stance on crime. He said, quote, we're doing it all wrong. Does he deserve any credit for that? That's exactly what I wanted to do. There you go. So maybe he was waiting for the election. And what I'm trying to say is, and maybe you got through to him, I'm being honest. If you have somebody that's critical of you and you really want to be make these last three and a half years important, well, what's going on? What's your perspective? My perspective is we need somebody to crack down on crime. We need someone who could care less about politics, who recognize who came in with cashless bail, recognize the fact that law enforcement is not staffed up, they're not backed, and their police chief's invisible, and now change it. You can change it. Take on Democrats. And New York told you by the election that they're willing to uh, they're willing they're looking for change. They're looking for accountability. So be the hero, be the superhero. So go ahead. So that's what's got to happen, because in Albany, he was humiliated. They went up there and they basically said, go back to New York City. We run things up here. Well, that supermajority is now gone. And now they're going to look to Mayor Adams to crack down on crime. What does the governor say? Yeah, I'm going to I'm not going to get I'm not in a big rush. I'm going to look at the analytics and decide what I'm going to do on that. Adam's got to say that's that's not going to really help because people right now are going to be are in the subway and there's going to be robberies over the weekend. Someone else is going to be the 27th person thrown in the tracks while you take your time and study a bar, a bar graph and pie charts. <laughs> well, he did uh, kind of say that yesterday. And in his op-ed that he wrote yesterday, too, I know he was in Puerto Rico all weekend long, he, he mentioned four or five things that me and Danielle said directly to him on Thursday night. So I'm not going to take credit for all of it, but we certainly got to him. And by the way, this is supposed to be the week where he and Rudy Giuliani, another thing I set up, was supposed to have dinner. We'll see how that goes down. But I want to get to Donald Trump because, again, today's cover of the New York Post. They're blaming Donald Trump, the media, other Republicans like Chris Christie, for the Republican collapse around the country on Election Day. Is that a bit too much, Brian? Or in your estimation, is that accurate? Good, uh, uh, good analysis. I know where you're leading me. They're overdoing <laughs> it. They're actually blaming instead of saying, you know, maybe Trump is part of the problem. Rick Scott's messaging part of the problem. Mitch McConnell not putting money behind Masters and giving it to Murkowski part of the problem. They say, let's take the easy out. Let's blame Trump. 
for not spending enough with the money he's collected on the on the candidates that he's backed. Absolutely. The election denying we always knew as a rabbit hole that nobody cares about 2020 anymore. Uh, we, we saw that Georgia straightened their act out. They changed. They rolled in. If uh, they they rolled in a lot of their pandemic uh, voting. Those are the types of things that need to be done. But going back, hey, let's relitigate Kennedy Nixon uh, in Illinois. I heard there's still problems there. But what happened is the country moved on, straightened things out. Next thing you know, Nixon was president of the United States uh, four years later. So that's what has to happen. And every time that Trump brings it up, obviously it is a loser of an issue. I don't think it should have been brought up. But I don't think you can blame Trump for everything. Then uh, the last Donald Trump question has to be this for the great Brian Kilmeade coming your way at 10 o'clock. He's great every morning. Right now, who gives the Republicans a better chance to win a general election? Let's move past the primary. Right now, today, that can change, of course, tomorrow. Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? Well, as you saw, the, uh, there, there was a poll and DeSantis is out in front. It is so early to talk about 2024, uh, not to not talk about it, but to actually project on it right now. Uh, DeSantis is the hottest governor and politician in the country. Democrats will tell you that. I watched Bill Maher on Friday. They say uh, DeSantis is like Trump, only sane. And that's Democrats are eyeing him. <laughs> I told you at the Al Smith dinner when I did have a chance to meet Mayor, uh, Mayor Adams, and I went up to Schumer. The first thing he said to me was, do you think DeSantis is running? I said, wow, what an interesting thing. He goes, oh, I know Trump's running. But do you think DeSantis is running? And I was shocked by that. Obviously, he's gotten in his head. And let me just point out something else. Schumer didn't do well. I couldn't. He only got 54 percent of the vote. I think that's lower. Uh, it the is. The time he got that low was against Al D'Amato. And, and by the way, the guy that did that to him, Joe Pinion, is set to join me coming up in about an hour and a half at 9.05 this morning. And I spoke to Joe Pinion Saturday. It's funny you bring that up, Brian. And I congratulated him even in loss. I said, you gave this guy quite a race. So I know there's not a lot of uh, moral victories in politics. But to your point, Joe Pinion. That was a moral victory last Tuesday. Yeah, uh, and I also think I also think it's a message to Schumer. You got power, and you might deliver some things for New York. But we're not happy with the direction of the country. Also, it shows you uh, Zeldin got people to the polls. When people got to the polls who don't vote Democrat, they weren't sure to vote Republican, and that helped drive everybody's numbers down. That's why Lee Zeldin is one of the heroes to emerge in losing from this campaign. And I think that was a little bit of the buzz yesterday and the Sunday shows. And I would not be surprised if that's uh, on your show today. And the other thing is uh, Zelda knows you a lot because you <laughs> believed in him early. Yes, I did. Had him on this show every week for the better part of three months. And he did lose. But again, the rest of that ticket here in New York did extremely well. And you got to give Lee Zeldin credit for that. Hey, by the way, it was great seeing you on Friday. It's always great having you on this show. I mean it. Uh, enjoy your time in Tulsa this morning. I will be in Newark when you get back uh, to this part of town later on in December. But enjoy your time there today. Thanks for a great conversation. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you, Brian. And kill me. He is the king of New York. Thank you, Sid. Appreciate uh, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Coming from you, that means a lot. That's the great Brian Kilmeade. Check him out after me every weekday morning at 10 a.m. right here on WABC. Also, of course, every morning on Fox and Friends on Fox News and his great show, One Nation, with Brian Kilmeade Saturday nights on Fox News. 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 848 9222. Dick Morris, Joe Pinion, and more still to come on this Monday morning right here. With me, Sid.
shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hey Jude, don't be afraid. You were made to go out and get hurt. The minute you let her under your skin, then you begin to make it better. Friend Pat Russo, NYPD, listening right now, just texted me. He said, I'm in Marco Island in Florida. It is sunny and 83 degrees. Uh, Macedonia Phil is here today. He was just actually singing. I mean, he's across the glass. I couldn't hear him, but at the very least, he was uh, lip singing Hey Jude, which is a very old song by the Beatles, and you're like, 13 years old. I'm surprised you knew it. You're I'll be 13 and a half in a month. Okay. You a big Beatles fan? No. Oh. So how'd you know all the words of that song? I like the song. Okay. Of, I, I like the Beatles. I wouldn't consider myself a big fan because the big fans of the Beatles are gigantic fans of the Beatles. Right. So how many Beatles songs do you think you like if you had to take a guess? A lot. Give me five. That I like? Yeah. Um, I like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. All right. Good one. Sure. I like uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. Good one. I like Hey Jude a lot. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Michelle. Oh, that song sucks. Oh, gosh, God, you picked up the words. You were doing okay up to that yeah, point. That was right. You were Jeez. doing so fine. What's like next? <laughs> what about yesterday? What about uh, Let It Be? That's the best song ever. I like Let It Be. Yeah. So you were in the uh, Nick Locker room yesterday. No. No. And uh, you came in this morning, and after this embarrassing loss to Oklahoma City, you said, and I quote, this is about 5 a.m., circle before the beginning of the show, you said that their coach, Tom Thibodeau, was about to be fired. I don't think he's... I, I think I said that a little, like, exaggeratedly. No, no you I, didn't. You said it uh, serious as a heart attack. Okay. Well. But now you're claiming you're not serious about it. I, I think... Kind of like Nevada. You said we won that, and I guess you weren't serious about that, were you? You must have... This is all a mess. <laughs> I understand. I so is Tipto getting Nevada. fired or not? I don't think he's going to get fired yet. I think he's definitely in the hot seat. Right. He's among one of the coaches in the league that could get fired. On the hot seat. It would be on the hot and, seat. No, he's inside of it. He's oh, between he's the cushions. <laughs> Hiding, right. trying to save his job. So if they lose, I think they play again tomorrow. If the Knicks lose the next one or two, it is your opinion that they will fire Tom Thibodeau. 
Um, I think they could fire Tom Thibodeau. Well, give me something. Give me. Give me. I don't uh, know. It's kind of hard. I, I. I think. Listen, a team they just lost by double digits while scoring 135 points. They're built on their defense, or they're supposed to be built on their defense, and it's led by Tom Thibodeau as their head coach. Uh, he, he clearly is not doing the job that he was intended to do very well. So. And, you know, Didn't the he win Coach of the Year two years ago? He did. Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. So he's already a bad coach. Sometimes that happens. Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year in Toronto and got fired the same right. season. Like, so I'm looking at uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s, uh, thank you, that was great, his Instagram. <laughs> Very uh, definitive, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, give me something, just put your balls like on the a, line. All right, I'll, give, I'll do it. Go ahead. Tom Thibodeau yeah. might be fired within the year. Maybe fired. Within the wow. year. Yes. All right. Excellent. That's a really gutty wow. It's a hot right take. Uh, listen, yeah. I'm putting my name on the line here. <laughs> yeah, wow. We almost need the breaking news sounder for that. So here's Donald Trump Jr.'s Instagram, my boy Donald Trump Jr. He go. it's a picture of an old man sitting in a rocking chair. Looks like Danny Aiello, God rest his soul. I miss him, too. It says, life is short. Make sure you spend as much time as possible on the Internet arguing with strangers about politics. <laughs> Who said that? Donald Trump Jr. Pretty good point. I mean, I, I don't do that anymore. I really don't. No, Never. No, no. I drop a tweet and I don't come back for days, sometimes weeks. So the only thing I've been arguing about a little is the Eric Adams dinner. Because you folks out there, for some reason, it's really crazy. But for some reason, you think like my late partner, Bernie, God rest his soul, cared about you and liked you. I, I don't know what it is with you folks. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He didn't know any of you. He didn't care. He didn't know you. And then you make these these statements. That said, he's a liberal. He's no good. He goes for dinner with Adams. If Bernie was alive, yeah, guess what? I would have gone to dinner with Eric Adams. And guess what? Bernie would have said, that's pretty cool. 1,000%, not even up for debate. As much as Bernie crushed him on the air, which, by the way, I got Bernie there. Initially, Bernie was still giving Eric Adams a chance. I'm like, Bern, come along, baby. And he eventually did. But whether he did or didn't on the air, again, you didn't know him. You didn't know you. And it would have taken him five minutes to text me and go, that's pretty cool, dude. Good luck. Fight the good fight. Because that was Bernie. Bernie cared more about real-life stuff. He did his shtick on the air, yes. So when you idiots send me a 1,000 messages this weekend, Bernie's rolling over in his grave. Bernie, it wouldn't. First of all, I didn't ask Bernie permission for anything. Okay, and for the most part, I hosted this show for six years. Me, not Bernie. Bernie was brilliant, funny, hilarious, had his stuff, but I run the show, and I have since I arrived here in January of 2016. Not Bernie. And Bernie sat by as I brought in Michael Rappaport and Anthony Scaramucci and a lot of liberals. He had every opportunity then to say no, he never did. Never. Now, there were times we'd bring on folks and he'd blow it up. It's hilarious. It was a one and done for Omarosa. And eventually my friend Chuck Todd got sick of coming on the show. But let me do this for the last time because I've done it about a million times. So you understand the dynamic of the show. It was me, not Bernie. That's why me and Bernie got along so well. Because I am A, all the way. And Bernie, very little ego, very little, wanted to do his thing. Wanted the show to do well, loved me, and paid, and really placed more trust in my instincts than anybody he worked with in the history of his career, including Imus. So when you say things like Bernie would, 
You just you couldn't sound dumber, and you couldn't be any more wrong. Bernie would have congratulated me, and he would have texted me right after dinner and said, what do you say? Let's talk about it tomorrow. Uh, am I right, Lou? I see you shaking your head. Probably at about 1.45 a.m. Right. I would have texted right. you. <laughs> right, right. By the way, I'll be on record as saying this won't be the last time you say it. Well, I, I know you're right. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I keep saying time. it's the last time, last but time. I can't believe how stupid people are. They go back to the same thing over and over. And what they do is this uh, Sliwa, Curtis, he's the biggest troublemaker ever, but he's great. So he goes on the air, and he doesn't do, like, a segment on me or a day on me. He's done, like, 100 consecutive shows. On. I don't know. If I ever leave here, what will he do? I, well, half the show will be gone. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so every midday show last week was my dinner with Eric Adams. And then I got in the car three or four times this weekend with Danielle to go shopping, do some stuff. Every time the station came on, it was Curtis talking about me and taking one idiot like Sammy and Howard Beach. <laughs> Bernie wouldn't take this. And... I mean, you just, you don't know what you're talking about. You sound stupid. Please. <laughs> so you're allowing Curtis, who happens to be great at this. That's why he's a radio hall of He should be a hall of famer. You know, he stirs the pot. That's what Curtis does. Well, he did it obviously good here. Oh, he did. Yeah. And you people are too stupid to figure out whether he's being serious or not. So you take the bait. You take the bait right away. And you're like, yeah, you're right, Curtis. Since a backstabber, Bernie, but... And you just couldn't sound any dumber. You just couldn't. And then you start sending me DMs like I'm interested in what you think. I couldn't care less. I'll have breakfast, dinner, and lunch tomorrow with Eric Adams, and none of you are going to bother me. I don't care. I don't care. When the mayor of New York City, who I am more critical of than anybody, is actually interested in talking to me and my wife, trying to figure out a way to come together and fix things, what idiot is going to say no? Well, you folks, it's easy for you guys out there because you'll never be invited, ever. So you'll say, ah, oh, I wouldn't do it. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're never going to do it. You're right. <laughs> what idiot wouldn't do it? You know how many times Sean Hannity has sat with Al Sharpton off the air? Do you know that? Sean Hannity. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Trump. I hate the liberal. He sits with Al Sharpton. Well, you don't know that. Because you think you know everything because you listen to radio, you watch TV. You don't know how many Republicans and liberals are together all the time. All the time. Because the truth is, it's not about radio shows. It's about this city. It's about this city where my kids are growing up, where my son travels from Queens to New York City every day. Every day. He's still 13. He's a baby. And I worry about it. That if the mayor wants to talk to me, you bet your ass I'm going to talk to him. What do I care what you think in Howard Beach in Brooklyn? What do I care? But all I'm asking is, please stop speaking on behalf of Bernie because you didn't know him. He didn't know you. He doesn't care about you. He loved me desperately and almost everything, everything I did, he was a fan of. Everything. And he'd be a huge fan of this. Huge. Did I make my point? Not not quite. I would say another 10 minutes and you'll drive it home. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I just can't believe how stupid stupid people are. Just, I, just, I know it, it's all the time, but it continues to shock me. Well, why does it shock you? I don't know. Here's uh, Pat Russo. If you have the opportunity to meet with the mayor and possibly make this city safe again, why wouldn't you do it? Ignore these idiots. Well, I don't want to ignore them because they're not big in numbers. 
They're the overwhelming minority. I understand that. Overwhelming. But there's enough of them out there that I have to do this every now and then. Because maybe, just maybe, one of these morons will figure it out. They won't. They won't. You know what they say? Look how thin-skinned Sid is. You can't criticize Sid Rosenberg without Sid going nuts. Well, F you, Sid. We hate you and Eric Adams. Curtis Lee was God and bring back Bernie even though he's dead. Okay, that's quite a statement. Yeah. (laughs) They're still going to be listening, so what do you care? Oh, I know they're listening. Right. They don't go away. Howard Stern said it best. You know, the more that hate you, the better your ratings are. I know that. If they like you, you're kind of vanilla. So they don't care. If they miss it, big deal. What are they going to miss? Great. Today, the ratings should go right through the roof. It, it will. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I know the show does great and has been doing great for a long time. Not easy in this city. Hard to win Republican elections in this city. Republicans uh, to win, I should say. And hard to do well ratings-wise with a station like this. You know, we, we bash the Democrats all the time, and I continue to. I Kill him. Biden, Pelosi, Adams. Kill him. And they've got the numbers. I won't stop doing that. I didn't come on the air on Friday morning and tell you, hey, that Adams, <laughs> he, he's kind of head of Mayor Koch now. He's the best mayor ever. I didn't say that. There's a lot of work to do here. Right now, Eric Adams gets a failing grade. I'd say it right to him. Failing. Not all of it is his fault. He explained that to me, and I bought it. But there's a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. But if I could be part of that, I'm honored, I'm humbled, and altogether willing. So, that's the end of that. Uh, I don't know. If Bernie were alive. <laughs> if Bernie were alive. Yeah. <laughs> do I have to hear that the rest of my life now? If I do something that eight listeners don't like, do I have to hear if Bernie was still alive? Which I would give anything for Bernie to still be alive, just so we can come on and tell you people, you're idiots, cut it out. But do I have to hear that forever now? In his own way, he would say that. Right. Know. He doesn't talk like me, right? No, right. no. but he would say But like, that's going to hey, be forever, hey. basically, right? It's not, I disagree with Sid, it's if Bernie was alive, it right? Won't, uh, it won't be that phrase forever. It won't be? No. Okay. Unless I start making T-shirts. Out of <laughs> you should make them, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> an idea that went in my head. Oh, as messed up as I am sometimes. I'm like, that's, I'm going to wait funny. up in the morning. We are coming to you live this morning from the Bernard McGurk Studios on a serious note. And I do have to text his daughter, Melanie, today about putting together one of these events that we talked about before she went to Disney World. But uh, we have a lot more to do on this show. Dick Morris is coming up. That is Lou Rufino's favorite guest. I love Dick Morris. Oh, he loves Dick. He loves him. Now, if Bernard were alive, (laughs) the circumstances surrounding that would kind of involve Trump. But since (laughs) Trump is making the announcement, Bernard is not alive. And now I'm able to appreciate it. But if you look back through history... Now, this takes a little bit of time. <laughs> now, you would. Uh, no, it's it's not going to go like that. Stop it now. It won't, it won't go like that. But I, <laughs> I, now, sit so I can. Ex- I'll explain it. No, I'm actually in interested bit. to hear because Dick is a, a real advisor to President Trump. And Trump doesn't take advice from anybody. That's part of his problem, of course. Uh, but for some reason, he does listen to Dick. And Dick's got a new book out why Trump is going to win, blah, blah, blah. But. I mean, things are changing here very rapidly. That was not a good week last week for Donald Trump, the election results, and then everything he said afterwards, blaming everybody but himself, blaming his wife. <laughs> he, blamed, he blamed everybody. 
So we'll talk to Dick Morris about that. Lydia reports also coming up next. And Joe Pinion, who gave Chuck Schumer a real run for his money, he's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll take a short break and come back with a lot more great guests right here on the Monday version of Sid Talk Radio 77 WABC. Take it away, the Beatles. is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street coming off its best week since June. Stocks jumping after October's inflation update came in lighter than forecast. The news sent the Dow Jones Industrials up 1,200 points Thursday. All three indexes higher for the week. Earnings season continues. Retailers in focus this week. Walmart reports tomorrow. Economists targeting a sales decline for Walmart from the previous quarter, but up more than 5% year over year. Walmart upped its outlook after last quarter earnings noting the inventory glut has peaked. Home Depot reports tomorrow. Revenue forecast to have declined more than 13%. Wall Street remains upbeat on Home Depot's outlook despite signs of weaker demand. In October retail data Wednesday, Wall Street targets a slight increase from September, mostly driven by higher prices. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. And this report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill in Midtown Manhattan. You know, Sid, everybody's piling on President Trump, former President Trump, talking, blaming him. For all the losses. Listen, do I think Including he might the have New York Post, a- by the way, this morning, the cover of the New York Post, they blast Donald Trump. Oh, the Post is doing it. Fox News is doing it. You got a lot of GOP leaders doing it. They're saying that the Republican Party needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Listen, do I think there needs to be changes? Absolutely, because we should not have definitely not lost the Senate. We should have won numerous seats. I mean, we should have control of both houses, frankly. I mean, we, it's just so sad that we lost considering the sky-high inflation, the crime, and everything else, the open borders, the drugs, the fentanyl, the homelessness, everything going out of control. And if we can't win it now, I mean, when are we going to win and we, it? But- and we lost. We, they retained control of the Senate. The House is way too close. And right. every big gubernatorial race, New York, they won. Michigan, they right. won. Carrie Lake, Arizona, she's trailing right now. So this red wave, not even close. No. It was a trickle. And Malinowski in uh, Jersey, I think he flipped the seat red. So there was some good, I mean, we saw upstate, we saw Molinaro, and that was all because of Zeldin. He ran such a fantastic campaign. But the bottom line is Democrats, they do not want to forget about what happened on January 6th. And it's, and honestly, it's not even their fault because they've been brainwashed by the mainstream media that keeps playing it over and over and over, over again, even though we know right? That it was a riot. We know the only person that died was Ashley Babbitt when she was shot by the cop there. It doesn't matter uh, what listen, the truth listen, is. Listen, listen, listen. It's nothing to do with January 6th. Way before January 6th, they impeached uh, Donald Trump over nonsense. You had the Russia collusion. You had the Ukraine collusion. 
you had uh, all these hoaxes way before January 6th. That is the newest one, yes. That's had some legs with all these hearings and the TV special. But without January 6th, they'd still be bashing him over the 90 other things they tried to impeach him for, remove him from office for. So this his history dates well before January 6th. But I think it's January 6th and abortion, those two things that really helped kind of put the nail in the coffin for a lot of Republican candidates. But don't count. uh, Okay. well, don't count Trump out just yet, because a lot of middle America you saw there, there's a lot of red. There's still a lot of support for him. And then Dave Chappelle, you talked about him, but he also talked about Trump and he talked about his popularity because Dave Chappelle, he lives in Ohio. And he said, listen, Trump came in. As like somebody who never spoke about the establishment before, about how it is rigged, how it is rigged for the filthy rich, for the politicians, and they're they're taking advantage of it. He talks about this story about how when Trump was doing the debate and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were at one side of the stage and he was at the other and he's like, yo, the system is rigged. And Hillary's like, no, it's not. And Barack's (laughs) like, no, it's not. And he's like, and and he said he was saying, absolutely, it is. So take a listen to hear what Dave Chappelle then goes when Hillary goes to Trump. Trump, hey, you didn't pay your taxes. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, a star was born. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But look, again, all that's true. But, you know, you can't, you can't be blaming your wife for a political loss. You can't be making a reference to the Chinese people when you're talking about Youngkin in the state of um, Virginia. I mean, the things he did last week, calling Peter King a loser, uh, just getting angry with everybody. I'm still on the Trump bandwagon. I'm still there. I still think he's the guy. I think DeSantis is gaining every day, but I'm going to stick with Donald Trump. But the truth is, he did three or four things again last week. Just not good. Why? Stop being stupid. Why? Well, and the rallies where he keeps talking about the election being Enough. stolen, all those other well, things. He got to move forward. Right. He got to move forward. He's got to, and he makes everything about himself. He's got to stop. I'm a fan. I'm a Trump fan, just yeah, like you. Too. I think he did a fantastic job. But at this point, if he can't help himself, if he can't stop, talking, then get out. Then get out. Then get right. out. Yeah. Then shut up. He's get out because. Yeah. The party is bigger than the, the party. It, it, the party can survive without Donald Trump. This is more important about taking democracy. Uh, you know, it's funny. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. You said the party can survive without Donald Trump. And I don't Absolutely. think it can. And that's why. That's why. Even though I point out every time he has up and it's almost daily. And I did the same thing when Bernie was here. Even though I point out every time he has up and he has up way too much. I'm not sure. The party can survive without Donald Trump. That's why I remain loyal to Trump, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense because the party existed before Trump. It'll exist after but they Trump. Don't win. And Republicans, they, they you don't know what? I don't even want to call ourselves Republicans anymore. We're Americans. And the fact that Republicans lost so badly, there, there's something wrong. There, there was something wrong so with you the strategy. Trump? At the, so the you bottom line Trump? is there's more. No, the bottom All line right, is so. there's more Democrats than yeah. there are Republicans right. registered in this country. So in order for us to win general elections, we have to reach across that aisle. And saying we're going to punish women if they have an abortion 
saying, oh, January 6th was no big deal, trying to support, saying, oh, Trump is this, it's it's not working. It's not working. So what's the definition, again, of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? So if we want to win in the general election, we got to change up the strategy. Just like we talk about crime, crime, crime in New York City, and how could the Democrats say, well, it's just a perception. That's how the Democrats feel when they when they talk about January 6th or when they talk about abortion. That's how they feel. Even Lydia, though they Lydia, wrong, they, they were we excuses. Their they were excuses. They don't feel that way. I they were excuses. That, but we have to reach. No, we don't have to do. No, we, we don't. We, we, yes, we, we do because there's yeah. more registered Democrats. We can't. What be is about? What, what does that mean? Reach. Oh, I mean, it, it, these idealistic terms. Reach across the aisle. What does that mean? You think that we that, have that to Ryan be more DeSantis, moderate on issues? Like what? Like what? Like like. So I haven't heard. Somebody. Like on abortion, we can't say uh, Carrie Lake with the made abortion. a big mistake. Enough with the abortion. No, it's true. No, That's it's why not. Carrie Lake, if she loses, it's because of abortion. She no, said she wanted she to put loses, women in jail if they it, have abortions. If she loses, it's because she's a Republican. Enough no. with the abortion nonsense. No, no, Stop. it's because yes. of what she said. Yes. No, no, because look at Lee they Zeldin, what he thing. did. No, Lee Zeldin got only lost by five points because right. he did the right thing and said, I am not going to touch the abortion law. No, Lee Zeldin and- lost by five points because he was trying to govern a state that is riddled with crime and nobody cared about abortion. Nobody. No, Abo- you you, you spend way wrong. you spend way too much time wrong. talking about abortion. Way too much time. of unmarried women voted Democrat. Lydia, you 70%. spend way too That's much time talking deal. about abortion. The I'm fact telling that you Democrats the truth. vote Democrat. They're not the facts. Yes, not the facts, the facts. Your facts. Abortion was a huge, huge deal. No, the wasn't. Decision, no, wasn't. If that Supreme Court decision hadn't happened, Lee Zeldin would have won by 10 points. Oh, really? 100%. Okay. All right. 100%. Okay. So we can agree to disagree, but I'm telling you, because the fact no, 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 that you he can't, you only can't lost agree to, by no. the, uh, the fact that he only lost by five points shows just how what an incredible campaign he ran. And Carrie Lake, the right. fact with, that with, she's with even, nothing, the, fact, with, the fact that Carrie Lake's right. even close, and and they got migrants like they have a crisis there, drug crisis, migrants. No, thank you. It, it's, okay, thank she's beautiful. Thank you. She's okay. smart. It's only because she said she's going to punish women that have no, abortions. That's, not that was, that's ridiculous. Listen, I'm pro-choice. Okay, I'm pro-choice. You're just wrong here. The bottom line is you're wrong. Lee came close, not because he said anything about abortion. He came close because New York is whittled with crime, and he was the law and order guy in a state where you got a governor who's not about reforming cashless bail. That's why he got close, not because of his stance on abortion. I don't want to hear about abortion anymore. I don't want to hear he said it. If he would have went with Carrie Lake, I don't want to hear it. Get okay, okay, great. Okay, thank you. I'm just telling the truth. No, I no, no, no. It's not the truth. No, no, it's not the truth. You're saying you what you. You gotta be more moderate. Lydia, you gotta be more moderate. Okay, if you thank you. Win in All, right, All right, be quiet. Enough. Enough of you. Dad. All right. Um, <laughs> more moderate. My delicious seafood choice in Manhattan, the seafiregrill.com. I still love you, Sid. I love you, too. Um, okay, the Republicans are up 6 million votes in the congressional election. And uh, you can yell and scream about abortion all you want. I'm pro-choice, but that's not why we lost. We did not lose because of abortion. I mean, the, the, the cards were stacked against us before any of these races even took place. And they needed an excuse. Any excuse. They didn't lose because of abortion. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, it's funny about that little back and forth of Lydia moments ago. And I'm still supporting Trump, and I will be. But if you ask me, besides the obvious, which is Republicans got more votes than Democrats, by the way, folks. I don't know if Lydia knows that. In the millions, in the millions, we got more votes. But if there was something that cost Republicans in races that away the different variables, I think the Trump factor blows away abortion. I mean, abortion, January 6th, that was the that was the, the food of the day. That's what they had. That was it. They've tried 90 other things, of course. So they had those two things. But I think the Trump factor, and I'm a Trump guy, I'm a supporter, and remain that way, that hurt us a lot more than abortion and January 6th. We'll be honest about this. I'm not sure my next guest feels that way. He's got a book out about Trump and why... The return, why Trump is going to win. I'm not sure he still feels that way. Is he there on the phone right now? Well, where the hell is Dick Morris, damn He's it? got a lot to do. Oh. Do you do you realize what his workload is? No, I have like no idea. Day? I don't care. I don't either. God. I don't know either. I just don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm yelling at listeners. I'm yelling at Lydia. I'm about to yell at Dick Morris now. It's part of the human condition. When somebody feels oppressed and mm. is mad, you know. that they lash out. Okay. And sometimes it's just not justified. Oh. And in this case, I have to say, if Bernie were alive, (laughs) this wouldn't have happened, probably. Well, maybe it wouldn't. And by the way, if Bernie were alive, he would have killed Lydia just now. On that abortion thing, he would have been like, are you nuts? (laughs) Are you abortion? Cut that out. Everybody's a little on edge. Yeah. I can tell. I just saw Chad Lopez. He didn't look all that happy, I got to be honest. Looked handsome, but not all that happy. Is this Dick? Who was on the phone just now? Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Who was, <laughs> who was, who was that, Phil? Well, I called him, and he said to give uh, to call him back in three minutes, and I call, and he's just going to voicemail now. I, I didn't, they, they don't have, like, a, a, a pamphlet. I don't know what to do in these situ- in situations. I don't really – I'm unaware. I'm learning. I'm still So you training. called him. He picked up. But he was clearly doing something. He was doing something. He said, please call me back in three minutes. So and, then said, you, okay. but, and then you called him back earlier than three minutes. No, I called him back in three minutes, and now it's been five minutes. Now it's been five minutes? Yes. No. Clearly, time is very relative, and in certain areas, five minutes could mean 18 minutes, and three minutes could mean I actually don't know in three minutes. In some hemispheres, if you had called me, then I would not pick up. Thank you for that, Dick. Peter Um, King just made a great point. Lydia, I hope you're still paying attention. uh, Oh, no, it's not going away. Important to remember that Ron DeSantis... Passed a and signed, passed and signed a restrictive abortion law this year, and he won by 19 points. 19. You know why? Because there are Republicans in Florida. Correct. Yeah, well, well, you know why they don't vote for Republicans? Because they're Democrat, not because of abortion. It's that simple. All, all the stuff that we argue and yell about. I mean, you guys, you have to understand. People don't listen to ABC. Uh, you don't get 50 million. People don't, you know, you're not getting Fox News and all these stations. You know, more people watch the Kardashians and all those stations combined. They're not caught up in all the nonsense. They're not. They just know, I'm a Democrat, I'm voting Democrat because this guy's friends with Trump. 
Bo Dietl, you're so right, Sid. It was all about Trump. Every Democrat hates him, and many Republicans hate him, too. <laughs> we know Bo. Oh, they are on this. Yeah, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that weighs, if you're going to weigh it, that weighs more than abortion. We did not lose these, uh, these uh, elections because of abortion. I'm sorry. God, uh, no one's going to convince me of that. The party system is going to kill the right. country. He's going to just kill the country. The only person that will convince me that was true is Dick Morris. <laughs> is he on the phone yet? Hey, Dick, did we lose all these major elections because of abortion? Um, it had a lot to do with it, but it wasn't the main cause. Of course not. The main cause was the establishment sabotaging Trump. Um, McConnell, the head of the, the Senate Minority Leader, was so determined to remain the leader that he didn't care if it was minority or majority. So with all these Democrats who we challenged in the open seats we had to defend, Trump put in his own candidates. And for the most part, they won the primaries. And by the way, Trump was nine and six on the year. Right, nine and six. Not terrible. Right. right. Pretty good record. Yeah, it's a, it's a 600 winning percentage. Nine were, yeah. Yeah. None of the nine were layups. And they don't count guys who are going to get reelected anyway. I, I get it, but let me ask you a question. But, but, but wait, but, but Dick, but last week, but, like, yeah, gonna, in the, but, in the but, races you lose, please. you're going to, hold on a second, you're going to blame Melania for one of the races in Pennsylvania. You go out there, you make fun of Young Kin's name, make a Chinese joke about Young Kin's name. So, yes, yeah, he won 60. And I'm still a, a Trump guy, don't get me wrong. But why does he do stupid things like that? Explain that yeah. to me. I don't know, but um, I want to continue to explain why we lost the election. Okay. Um, the uh, Democrats spent $365 million on their Senate candidates, and we spent $185 million on ours. So why did we lose New Hampshire? Maggie Hassan spent $26 million, and Boldick spent 2 Why did we lose Oz? Because uh, Fetterman spent $68 million, oh. Oz spent 35 why did we lose Masters in Arizona? Because he was outspent four to one. And the reason that happened is, first of all, the rich Republicans were basically uh, anti-Trumpers, and they sat on their hands. They sat on their checkbooks. We didn't get the money we needed. And McConnell undercut our candidates, both by trash-talking them and by cutting off their funding. And he gave Murkowski like $10 million, but he wouldn't give Bolduc anything. He didn't give Masters in Arizona a dime, and he fully funded Murkowski running against a fellow Republican. So Trump was literally knifed in the back by that. And I think that that's the – but basically, he did pretty damn well. Um, those nine wins were tough wins. Uh, they were, they were um, a bird in North Carolina. They were uh, – I'm sorry, bird in North Carolina, Vance in Ohio. Uh, Schmidt in Missouri, uh, Britt in Alabama. Um, There were a bunch of very tough races. Now, the reason we just lost Arizona and Nevada, which are part of the six defeats, was absolute shenanigans and fraud by the Democrats. Let me explain what they did. They encouraged their people to come out and vote early, particularly in Arizona. So they banked two-thirds of their votes before Election Day. Then on Election Day, the person in charge of running it was the Secretary of State. His name is Katie Hobbs, and she was the Democratic candidate for governor against Kerry Lake. 
And all of a sudden, the polling places ran out of ink for their printers. The tabulating machines jammed. And the result was really long lines, two- and three-hour lines. And the people waiting in line were only Trump voters. The the, uh, voters for, I mean, master's voters, the voters for uh, Kelly had already voted by mail. So after a couple of hours, they got disgusted and they left. And we lost a huge number of votes by that. So that was voter suppression big time. And it wasn't that the machines only broke down in Republican areas. They broke down all over, but the only people who were casting same-day votes, election-day votes, were Republicans. And that's why we lost. In Nevada, it was just plain cheating. Every day they discovered 20,000 new votes. There were about 15 polls in a row. That showed lack of right. by two to yeah. four. I know. I thought the same thing. Okay. All right. I want to move on from this. All right. I want to go back to Trump, Dick. Thank you. Uh, you know, you made a very good argument why he did well that day. He won nine of 15 races. You feel like he's taking a lot of abuse and doesn't deserve it. And that's all fine. And like I said, I'm still a Trump supporter. I haven't backed off the bandwagon just yet. But I will tell you that a lot of my friends, important political people and business people in New York that were huge Trump supporters, are done with them. And there was a poll this weekend where Ron DeSantis actually beat Donald Trump in terms of general election. So while you're making a really good argument why Donald Trump should still be the guy, more and more Americans every day, Trump supporters, are running away from him. What do you want to tell them? Um, well, first of all, I'm in Mar-a-Lago right now. And you're biased. I'm be sitting down with <laughs> Trump in one hour. Right. And I'm going to be working with him on his announcement speech. Cool. And I can tell you something. When that speech is given tomorrow night, all of those former Trump supporters are going to be dusting off their buttons and putting them back on. Um, it's incredible what he's going to do tomorrow. And um, I believe that some of them were legitimate Trump supporters who got got scared. But many of them were never Trumpers to begin with. And Murdoch, for example, was looking for an excuse to dump on Trump. And the race gave it to him. And the only reason he's dumping on Trump is because Trump didn't give him the right time of day while he was president. Right. Murdoch wanted him to take dictation, right. and he wouldn't do it. And that's why Fox News, The New York Post, and Wall Street Journal were screwing him. But, that's true. Um, yeah. that's but true. look, the other point I make to you is who DeSantis was a good governor who did two things right, early childhood education and um, immigration. <laughs> How do we know that he can run an economy? We don't. How do we know that he can stand up to Russia we and don't. North Korea don't. and Iran? Yep. How the heck do we know that he can balance job growth with no inflation? How do we know that he can be effective in fighting crime? He hasn't been really in Florida. And uh, Trump has done all of those things with incredible success. And the question you always ask about a candidate coming along, how do we know you can really do better? How do we know these aren't idle promises? And Trump comes back and says, hey, you know, because I did it already. Right. I agree with that. Trump has already done it, and, and that's why I'm staying with Trump. I, I make the sports analogy all the time, Dick Morris, to your point. Don't give me the guy with the potential. Give me the guy that's already done it. So that's why I'm still with yeah. Donald Trump. But you're an advisor. You're with him today. You're going to sit with him in one hour. If you said to him, be honest here, hey, Mr. President, you got to stop the Youngkin attacks. I'm gonna. I'm, he actually said last week, I'm, go, I'm going to expose DeSantis' wife 
which is ridiculous. If you said to him, stop, would he say? That's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said, I've got information on DeSantis and his wife. I'm going to expose things about DeSantis. He mentioned his wife. He mentioned his wife. He did. Yes, he did. So would you say to him, Mr. President, that's not helping you? Would he say, well, let's talk about it? Or would he say, leave it alone? It's not your business. That uh, I'll take care of it, and my advice to him is private. But I don't think we can hear any of that tomorrow okay. in his announcement statement. Right. And uh, I think that I think we have to understand that if this that if we go with DeSantis, we are ripping the party apart. Trump is not going to go quietly into the night, and uh, it's going to absolutely fragment the Republican Party, and that is why. The Democrats are pushing DeSantis. It's why you hear all this positive DeSantis stuff. Oh, we don't like Trump, but if only with DeSantis, who's the candidate, we get our votes. And they're saying that because they want a civil war in the Democratic Party. And just like Ted Kennedy ran in 1980 against Jimmy Carter, and the result was he could not beat Ronald Reagan after the primary. The same thing is going to happen this year, and we have to tell DeSantis— Look, guy, you were a good governor. You did a good job, but wait your turn. Uh, 2018, 2028, you're the consensus nominee for president. Don't try to butt into the head of the line. Listen, I think the best-case scenario, Dick Morris, would be if they could ever come to some type of agreement, which I know they can't because especially Donald can. He just can't. But it would be great if DeSantis ran on the same ticket, spent four years yeah, as Donald Trump's vice president. Illegal, that, then, what's that? Yeah, but that's illegal. It wouldn't work. Because the Constitution says that the electors from a state right. cannot vote for a guy from their state for president and vice But he'd have to move back to New York, Donald Trump, right? He can move back to New York and well, do that, Well, there'd be a big fight over that. There would be a big fight over that. a legitimate okay. move or whatever. Okay, so tomorrow uh, night, 1,000% Dick Morris, it's 1,000% that Donald Trump is going to announce he's running for president. Yeah, sure. I'm not here for the sun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will get it tomorrow night. And you're saying that this speech is going to be so good that Bo Deedle and Peter King and all my friends that are turning their backs on Trump, they're going to run right back to him. You got it right. All right. Uh, For some reason, I I believe it. Hey, is Michelle Obama going to run? She's on the Today Show today. I don't think so. I think that she'll flirt with it, but I think that, I mean, she may, and if she does, she'll be a very strong candidate until she opens her mouth. Okay, fair enough. And then when she starts telling how white people are bad and that she's <laughs> never been proud of her country and all yeah, of that. She does do that. Gonna yeah. Fade. yeah, she does yeah. do that. Hey, congratulations on the return. I know it's doing great. It's a great book. Enjoy President Trump, and um, tell him to call me, okay? Okay. Good. All right, Dick. Take care, guys. Take care. Thank you. Dick Morris. I love Dick Morris. He, listen, he's with he's with the president right now, so and he is going to help him with this speech, and he does advise him. I mean, that's a pretty good guy to have here on this station, don't you think? It's a mad genius. <laughs> he or he's mad something. It's a mad genius. When he first came on, I don't think he realized he was on a live radio show. I don't even think he knew you were here. <laughs> they just started talking. Just started talking. I heard a voice, and that's it. Yeah, that was it. That's great. All right, a lot more to do in this fourth and final hour, including Joe Pinion. What a race he ran against Chuck Schumer. Some of your phone calls and more. We'll be back on a Monday morning on ABC right after this.
Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. sending messages. He goes, Despacito won in Nassau County, even though there are 75,000 more Democrats than Republicans in his district. His opponent, who was top tier, ran endless abortion ads against him. Anthony, with Joe Cairo's leadership, was laser-focused on crime and inflation and flipped a district that had been Democrat for more than a quarter century. That's New York. You know, I think Lydia's point is nationwide. We know in New York it didn't work. Because Lee Zeldin almost beat Kathy Hochul when he's outnumbered in a big way. And, and we flipped four seats. So abortion did not work in New York. It didn't work, bottom line. Maybe she's making that contention across the country. She brought up Carrie Lake. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. And the uh, Dick Morris reaction <laughs> is huge. Uh, for I get one message that goes, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's why O'Reilly fired him. He's wrong about everything, blah, blah, blah. And then I get a message that goes, that man's a genius. It's probably somewhere in the middle, of course. But um, No, I think it's one or the other. <laughs> then you're going to go with genius, right? I'm going to go with genius. Yeah. Because he's out of his mind. <laughs> he's, he's out of his mind. <laughs> but, but right now he's sitting with President Trump. So say what you want about the guy. He's got some juice. Joe Pinion just ran a great race against Chuck Schumer. And uh, we had Joe in here quite a bit. I did. And became very friendly with Joe, as well as other Republicans in and around town. Guys like Tom Sullivan and Paul King and Michael Henry and, of course, starting with Lee Zeldin. But Joe and I got close. He was here quite a bit. He ran a tremendous race and almost beat Chuck Schumer. Here he is on this Monday morning, kind of the exit interview, if you will. Uh, Joe Pinion, how are you, pal? Congratulations on a great race. Well, look, um, it's certainly not the outcome we would have liked to see, but it's certainly a humbling process and grateful for all the support uh, from the uh, WABC family, all the listeners, all the voters, yeah. uh, nearly 2.5 million votes against a man who won his last election by over 3 million votes. So uh, it is a humbling process, but again, again, we just have to keep engaged in this fight uh, because we know New York is certainly still in trouble, and America is still heading the wrong direction. Well, you would have won if you would have spent more time talking about abortion. That's where you screwed up. You know that, right? <laughs> well, look, I, I'm only kidding. I, no, I like the response. Your response was perfect. <laughs> I laughed, too. But I just had an argument back and forth with a coworker who feels that Republicans, not just your race, but across the country, didn't fare well because of abortion, which I just I, I refuse to buy that. I do. I don't know. Well, look, I, I think if there is something to that, and I, what I mean by that is that there's an unfortunate reality that, as I told Chuck Schumer on the debate stage, uh, that he is a professional hostage taker. And the Democrats often have become professional hostage takers, the Republicans as well, uh, that we are willing to keep people in the cocoon of fear uh, and distract from the real issues that impact people every single day. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, abortion is settled law in New York State, and yet that did not stop Chuck Schumer 
from spending close to $5 million trying to scare <laughs> the bejesus out of women all across this state uh, to think that somehow I was going to go to D.C. and be able to change that. Right. Uh, so, again, we have to stop having uh, this uh, blind eye and tolerance for politicians that use their perch to lie to people. And Chuck Schumer and many others continue to lie to people. Uh, clearly, he's learned nothing because uh, less than five minutes after he uh, was declared the victor of this, he was back to dividing this country, MAGA this and MAGA that, no. uh, clearly not learning from the fact uh, that he just had the smallest victory margin of his entire life here in the United States Senate. So, uh, look, I, I think, again, there's a lot of work to be done to start healing this nation, to start coming together. Uh, we as a people need to start deciding, is this the type of America that we want to live in? And if it is not, then we certainly have to make the hard choice of choosing a different brand of leadership if we're going to try to secure a different outcome uh, for this nation that we love. Well, we just had that opportunity, Joe. That's all I heard for weeks and months was we're sick and tired of this. We're sick and tired of that. The country is ready. Even the liberal media, Joe and Mika, Chuck Todd, they were calling for a red wave, a blowout last Tuesday. And whether you think it's abortion, which I don't, but that's fine if you do, or any other issue, we didn't get those results. And all I kept hearing was, if not now, when? If Lee Zeldin can't beat Kathy Hochul now, when? And he ran a great race. If Joe Pinion can't beat Chuck Schumer now, and he ran a great race, you did. When? And that still seems to be the cry from the right, which is, we couldn't get it done last Tuesday. When are we ever going to get it done? Well, I, I think that we have sent everyone to their corners. There's this notion now where it's not just that I disagree with Republicans, it's that they're bad people. And by extension, if I ever vote for a Republican, then I become a bad person myself. Uh, and vice versa. And so I think we just have to get back to the point where we can say, I love my neighbor, even though I disagree with them politically, uh, but I don't necessarily believe them to be a bad person. I don't believe that their politics are morally bankrupt. I just believe that they don't secure the outcomes that I want to see for my country. And I think that the politicians have done this quite well, uh, making it almost uh, unthinkable to vote for somebody else in a different party because somehow you have betrayed uh, your country, you've betrayed your neighbor, you've betrayed everything that you believe in. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Nothing happens overnight. I remind people that Abraham Lincoln, he lost seven elections. We rarely talk about it because he saved the union. Uh, Ronald Reagan ran not once, not twice, but three times before he was able to secure the presidency. We rarely talk about it because he gave us the Reagan revolution. So, uh, yes, uh, it's easy in uh, retrospect to think that somehow, uh, yes, things are doomed and we're never going to get the outcome that we deserve. But uh, the road to becoming everyone's favorite Republican uh, often starts with people hating you. So, <laughs> yeah. just, uh, well, well yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and, and a lot of people hate Trump. And that could be good. I mean, I just had Dick Morris on the show. He is literally, as we speaking, you and I, Joe, sitting with President Trump, putting together the speech, which Trump will deliver tomorrow night when he 1000 percent officially announces he's running again for president. And there's a lot of folks that think that Donald Trump, that was the factor that hurt us that day, more than abortion, more than January 6th, it was Trump. And then I just had Dick Morris on. He said, no, 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 it was Mitch McConnell. Uh, of those two guys, who do you think hurt Republicans more last week? Let's be very clear. Um, 
we need a wholesale reboot of leadership in the Republican Party. Uh, the Republican really? Party leadership has completely left the people that depend on our party behind. Uh, just to be quite clear, uh, we were outspent by a sum total of nearly 40 to 1 here in New York. And yet we outperformed people running for Senate in Washington, where the party spent millions of dollars, uh, outperformed uh, people running in Colorado, outperformed people running in New Hampshire. And so what is quite clear to me, uh, it cannot be denied anymore. The Republican Party did not want to beat Chuck Schumer. Uh, and I think if you want to look at the clearest snapshot of why this Democratic Party that does very little for the average American somehow still finds a way to win elections, you have to look at what they did against Mitch McConnell versus what our party did against Chuck Schumer. They spent $75 million in Kentucky two years ago, <laughs> trying to beat Mitch yeah. McConnell. Right. And guess what? They were not successful. But you know what did happen? Out popped two Senate seats in Georgia and one Senate seat in Arizona. Because it turns out when you force a political party to spend millions of dollars in a place they don't want to, good things tend to happen. <laughs> and guess what? As we sit here right now, Two of the three of those Senate seats, possibly all three, have been retained by the Democrats. So you're talking about close to uh, 12 years or eight years, depending on how you want to slice it up, of three Senate seats being in control of a party in states where they had no business winning. And it all starts with them going on offensive in places where they likely thought they had no chance. So the moral of the story is when you look at the spending reports of the NRSC, and when you look at the spending reports of the RNC, and when you look at the spending reports of Mitch McConnell's super PAC, they didn't spend a dime in New York State going against a man who they all spend millions of dollars uh, telling people is destroying America. So you can't believe Chuck Schumer is really destroying America. Raise millions of dollars using his name and all of your emails across the country and then spend not a dime trying to get rid of him if you actually truly wanted to beat him. So at some point, people are going to have to look at these numbers. Look at the fact that Chuck Schumer won by 3 million votes the last time he was on the ballot, won by over 2.5 million votes the time before that he was on the ballot, won by over 3 million votes the time before that when he was on the ballot. And yet when we had the opportunity, dead to rights, to defeat this man, to prevent him from damaging this state and this country, this Republican Party spent not a single dime mm. in the effort to beat him. So, yep. look, I think, again, there's much to be happy about. There's much... Uh, to say that we have built a foundation moving forward. But you can't move forward unless you acknowledge why it is that we came up short. There are mistakes that were made by me. There were mistakes that were made by our campaign. But it cannot go unsaid that the Republican Party of this nation did absolutely positively nothing to beat Chuck Schumer. That's true. So let's stick with the RNC for a second. You mentioned the RNC because uh, Ronald McDaniel, who Donald Trump handpicked, and uh, Tommy Hicks, the co-chair, they are uh, due in January. Their, their uh, run is over. And I'm not sure if you've heard this, show. Maybe you have. Have you heard the person that's been getting lots of notes and emails to possibly take that job from McDaniel? Have you heard? Look, I, I don't know what's going Lee to Zeldin. There. Lee Zeldin. What do you think about the possibility that Lee Zeldin takes over as RNC chair? I think Lee's going to do what he thinks is best for his family uh, and his future. I think for us, at the end of the day, uh, we need to take a beat. We need to figure out exactly what type of Republican Party that we want to build uh, moving forward. And I think, that, again, uh, anyone that's taken over uh, down at the RNC, 
you're going to have to do some team building. Uh, and I think that's going to be critical. Somebody who's demonstrated they can work in a collaborative manner across the country, uh, who's going to roll up their sleeves and make sure that we're bringing people together, going into communities uh, that really haven't actually had the opportunity to hear uh, from the Republican Party in a way that transcends politics, that's bigger than politics. Uh, so who that person is going to be, I don't know. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, everyone gets these harebrained ideas. I've get, I'm getting lots of phone calls about crazy ideas. I think we all need to take a beat, uh, take a vacation. Give us one. No, give me one. Uh, give me, give me one of those crazy ideas. I'm curious. Give me one. Just give me one. Oh, look, I, I have no idea. I mean, look, <laughs> coach I the Jets. Me, I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, they're, they're already six you and know, three. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think there were a lot of people that just assumed that somehow this was just, you know, some type of, you know, thing I was going to do when there was a plan B. There was no plan B. Plan A, B, and C was to defeat Chuck Schumer. Right. And so for me, it's really about, you know, taking a step back, figuring out where I can be most effective, uh, trying to advocate for the things that I believe in, trying to advocate uh, for the party that I've been a member of uh, my entire life, and, and, and thinking, what can we do now? Yeah. Because uh, one thing seems quite clear to me now, uh, New York State will be a dumpster fire for the next four years. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, New York City will be an unsafe place to live right. uh, over the next three years. Uh, the only thing that was going to save Eric Adams from being a one-term mayor uh, was a Lee Zeldin governorship. Uh, he now has been marooned here on the island of Manhattan. Uh, he has no help in D.C. He will have no help up in Albany. That's all true. Which means the people of this state yep. will not have the choice or the pathway uh, to the New York that was promised. So uh, things are going to get a little rocky here. Buckle up your seatbelts <laughs> uh, because uh, we have uh, big trouble on the horizon. Oh, boy. Due to the decision that was made this past Tuesday by the voters. 30 seconds to go. When you decided to leave Newsmax, you had a nice position there, anchor, television star, and, and great, by the way. Worked with you on the air there. And run your mother was like, Joe, what are you doing? You got a nice paying job. You're on TV. What are you doing? Now, I think you told me by the end of your campaign campaign, she was proud of you. And she thought you ran a pretty good campaign. But initially, she was in horror that you were actually doing that. What did your mom in 30 seconds say to you when the results came back last Tuesday? I think uh, she told me uh, that she was proud. Oh, good. That, you good. know, my grandmother that, that we lost would be proud. Uh, it's not every day that two and a half million people uh, place their trust in your ideas and your beliefs. And uh, it's a humbling process uh, to think that that many people, uh, whether they loved what we were talking about or simply hated what Chuck Schumer was talking about, uh, were willing to uh, think that we should serve this great state in the United States Senate. Yeah. And so uh, it's, again, uh, it's bittersweet, but uh, truly uh, joy cometh in the morning, as the book tells us. And again, always grateful for the support and the love that you've uh, had for, for me and for my family through this process. And of course. Again, uh, we're, we're looking forward to what comes next. All right. Well, I'm proud of you, and uh, this audience is proud of you, and New York is proud of you. I am looking forward to what comes next. I would hope I'll be the first to find out right here on this program. But uh, at any rate, uh, keep fighting. An excellent job. Joe Pinion, we love you. Thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. Talk to you. Take care. There he is, Joe Pinion, just ran a great race against Chuck Schumer, the closest. Uh, I think he only lost by a couple of points, maybe five or six. So congratulations to Joe Pinion, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9220. To open the phones next segment, 
you want to yell and scream, do you think Trump was the major reason? Do you think it was abortion? Whatever it was, that the red wave didn't happen. Are you looking forward to Donald Trump telling the nation tomorrow night he's running for a third presidential term? We talk about the Jets, the Giants, I don't care. The phones are open. More of a Monday with me, Sid, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. postponed this awards dinner i got this um really uh lofty award journalistic integrity award it's a name for it i forgot what it was given to me by the metropolitan republican club upper east side and they have this uh, beautiful dinner plant at a very fancy place in manhattan i'm not supposed to reveal the um location but it's been postponed for two weeks because of steve bannon i'm like steve bannon what do you mean? It was my award. They're like, yes, but Bannon is supposed to be there tonight. I'm like, if you would have told me that, it wouldn't have come. <laughs> Steve Bannon. Ay, ay, ay. Isn't he gone to jail? I think what? he went to jail or he's back in jail or he's out of jail. I don't know. God, I mean, that, these are the types of people I don't want to be associated with, Republican man. or not. Is he in good shape, too? He's a good-looking man. He's in Arizona. Oh, I know. He's a mess. He's in Arizona right now trying to help get Carrie Lake a win. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a candidate... And see, Bannon shows up. I just, what, what? Are you nuts? Get out of here. Go, get out of here. What the heck would he be doing there? So now they postponed it for two weeks. So I get the award on the uh, 28th. Tomorrow I got to speak at the West Side Republican Club. And uh, Thursday is the big Teddy Atlas dinner on Staten Island. That's a great time every year. Well, we got like 90,000 phone calls here. I don't know where to go. How do you, how do you start these things? He's like, all right, listen, everybody, has, no, don't say anything about abortion. Right. Whatever you say. All right. Two things uh, will get you banned from this show for good. Here they are. You ready? Write them down. Get your T-shirts ready. If Bernie was alive, you're out. You're done. Because he didn't know you. You don't know him. And you're an idiot. And abortion. Those two things. If Bernie was alive and abortion, the easiest way to get banned from this program. 
Here is uh, Judith in Brooklyn, my old friend online one. Good morning, Judith. Sid, I'm so happy to speak to you. First of all, I am unconditionally a Sid supporter. Well, thank okay, you. For you that. know that. Yes. You know that. You. Even Greg Kelly hates me because I send you cakes and gifts and gardeners. Well. <laughs> but anyway, I'm serious. I'm serious. Listen, Sid, Bernie always allowed you to be you. Always allowed you to be you, okay? And that's important because Sid has to be Sid. And the, that's that's where your potential comes out. And you're just growing and you're great. Listen, I want just, you know what? Just speak and search for the truth, Sid. That's all I want from you, okay? You just be yourself. I support you. And I have to say, I unconditionally support Trump because I believe action speaks louder than words. And I love Ron DeSantos. But you know what? I want you to know that uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, DeSantos backed a candidate was an a, a candidate now that was an anti-Trumper, and uh, you yeah, know that I know that it's a uh, John you know that, O'Day, you know President Trump. Yeah, John yeah, O'Day. You know pres- yes. Yeah, so thank you for the you phone know- call, Judy. I love you too. John O'Day in Colorado is the guy you're speaking about, Judith, and DeSantis backed him. And John O'Day went on all those Sunday morning shows about three weeks ago and clobbered, clobbered Donald Trump. And Trump made a big point about it, of course. And that's when Trump really started to go after DeSantis. It started with that candidate, Judith, you're talking about, O'Day from Colorado. Thank you for the kind words, Judith. I feel the same way. You've been great all these years. Gail is on Staten Island, line three. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Hi. Listen, I don't know if it was Dick Morrison or uh, Lou Rufino, only teasing. He's great. <laughs> uh, Dick Morris was right about DeSantis. It's not his time. He's not prepared for foreign policy. We have Biden running our country before the world into the ground on his foreign policy. So let's stick with what was working and get back on the track. I'm with you. And again, I'm still on that Trump bandwagon. I have not gotten off yet. So, And I'm not, I'm not getting off. I'm not until tomorrow. Here is uh, Ron in Farmingville. On line five. Good morning, Ronnie. Hey, Sid. Good morning. Hey, pal. How are you? Okay. I'm kind of real sick today. Been sick since Tuesday. Sicker since I'm learning that we lost the Senate and probably going to end up losing the House. I don't know how we could go from being up so much to even being potentially close. But you know what? I'm a Trump guy. I've been a Trump guy forever. Except I can't stand the man. His narcissism has evoked feelings and emotions in people that I've never seen anybody have was was able to do as much as he's done. The thing, the problem with the Democratic Party is they are much more scheming, diabolical people than the Republican Party is. If you think about when we had that leak in the Supreme Court about abortion, and then you had Biden give out the tuition reimbursement, knowing it was fully unconstitutional. He didn't give a rat's ass because all he wanted to do was use it as a bribe to get the youth vote. So if you have, I know abortion is not primarily responsible why we lost, but cumulatively, everything that they've done, okay, is what won them their vote. Well, you're right about that. I agree. I agree. I just, you know, when we go right to abortion and Carrie Lake said this, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's not part of it. I mean, that was part of their platform. But I still maintain, and no one's going to change my mind on this, that the power of that letter D is immense. Now, I don't know how many independents went the other way to the Democrats because of abortion. You know, according to um, Chris Christie yesterday, Fatso, 
the independents uh, voted big for Democrats first time an incumbent has gotten that in, in many, many years. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. But uh, to say that abortion was the issue that won it for him, that's where I, uh, I, I can't do that. Coco's in Manhattan on line three. Good morning, Coco. Hey, Sid, uh, I just got to start by saying this. I felt like you guys were all family to me. Little Fino, Don IMS, Charles McCourt, yourself, Bernie. Never knew you guys, never met you guys. I don't agree with anything you guys said, but I love you personally. <laughs> I love that about you. That's great. No, no, I'm, I'm being honest. I've, I've listened to you all the time. From Imus, the only guy that could say anything to Imus was you. Oh, yeah, and I that's was true. really sad when Bernie passed away. Yeah. Again, I love Trump. I voted for Biden. And I thought Trump is a voice that the world needs right now. And oh, I so just you, like Biden. You, so okay, well, thank you for that. Coco is a Democrat. But he loves Trump, and he loves me, and he loves all you guys, uh, Lewis. So that's a nice thing. Talking about Trump, here's Sally in Sparta, New Jersey. Lovely place. She's on line five. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, Sid. I love what you're doing. You're doing a great job. I love all your stories about your family and everything you say. You're just so down to earth. Thank you. Keep doing it. Thank you. Um, Anyhow, I wanted to say I do like Trump. I'm with you. I want to support him. But I just think he needs to turn down the rhetoric um, you know, he needs to stop name-calling because I think by doing that, he's going to lose some of his supporters, not all. But if he just tones that down, I, I was hoping Dick Morris would say, yeah, if I talk to him, you know, he's going to tone it yeah, down Yeah, me too. Bit. Me too. Uh, Dick Morris. I was hoping if Dick Morris at least— No, I, I was hoping—but he didn't say that. In fact, he was—he got—thank uh, you for the phone call and the kind words, Sally. He got kind of dicky. He was like, well, uh, that's a private conversation I'm not going to have with you, which means—which means he can't say nothing to Trump. That's what that means. He would have said to me, yeah, of course, I, like O'Reilly's told me before, of course I told him that. But he's going to do what he wants. He's Donald Trump. He wouldn't even address it, Dick Morris. Well, many people named Dick sometimes <laughs> have to act yeah. dicky. See what you did there? See, it's, it's Very kind good. of inside. Very good. It's, yeah. it's part of their innateness. <laughs> he, you know, is. Sometimes your city... Because your name is I've been called that, S-I-D-D-Y. New York (laughs) City. among other things. Yeah, Marianne's in Cliffside Park, online four. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, but no one mentioned the entitlements that people um, uh, don't want to vote Republican because of the entitlement programs that they have in New York City. Oh, there is some truth to that, too. Yes, good job by Marianne in Cliffside Park. The entitlements, no question about it. David in Rockland County, online two. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm okay, buddy. How are you, pal? Doing well, doing well. Good. Um, I wanted to tell you, going over to the New York governor race, uh, me and my brothers have a little family chat. We're all Republican conservatives, some more to the right than others. But I used to feel bad seeing people getting beaten up on the subway, regardless what they were, who they were. My brother coined a great term now. He says, give them what they voted for. Hashtag give them what they voted for. Yeah, These yeah. people are getting beaten, beaten up. They all voted for Hockle, not for Zeldin. And now they're reaping the benefits. So you know what? You get what you pay for. And that's what it is. I'm that's true. Over it. I think yeah. the city state is going to go to hell. I personally moved out of Brooklyn a year ago up to the suburbs. I'm still in New York. So I still get whacked on the taxes. But at least safety is definitely much better. And I well, I don't know about nicer. that. You're in Rockland County. I will tell you that uh, Spring Valley and Nanuet and some of those places aren't exactly paradise either. So be, maybe you're in New City. You feel pretty good at Pomona. But there are some parts up in Rockland County not very safe either, just to be honest. Well, he's gone, so he must live in one of those horrible neighborhoods. Here is... 
<laughs> One more. Paul in Orange County, online five. Hello, Paul. Hey, Sid. Hey, brother. The reason why uh, Republicans lost is because they only go for votes, where Democrats go for ballot harvesting. And also, Republicans do not do early voting. And we saw that with the Arizona. But yet, yet in, in the congressional races, Republicans earned over 5 million more votes. Isn't that funny? So clearly, I worked the. You got definitely. I work. I worked the polls up here in Orange County, and in the town of Monroe, and the, the turnout was just unbelievable. The line was out the door all day long, all day long. And Zeldin won up here, but Ulster County and Westchester just screwed Zeldin. Yeah, they did. No question. Well, thank you for the phone call, Paul. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. One hit wonder, take on me, 944, Monday morning. Been a very spirited show, I'll tell you that. Getting a ton of really positive feedback. So if you didn't like the show, it's on you, because everybody else loved it. <laughs> You're an idiot. You You're an like idiot. Yeah. I, I, whatever. <laughs> You're going to make more friends today on the way. That's fine. Way yeah, today was not a uh, friendly day for no. me. And I feel fat, which is, and I feel fat since Saturday. Took my, um, my, my friends uh, Cheryl Klein and Tom Mango. And their son, Adam, and his uh, friend, Eddie. And we went for dinner, uh, Danielle and I, to Wit's End, which, in my opinion, is the best restaurant in Rockaway. It's the best one. 96th and uh, Rockaway Beach, is that what it is? I don't, I don't even know what it's called. I don't know. But uh, Wit is an amazing talent, great cook. And then he doesn't usually have dessert, but he whooped up this s'mores dessert. And we had two of them, you know. And um, it was so delicious, I, I, I think I ate. Practically the whole skillet, me and Tommy. And I woke up Sunday nauseous because it was so rich. And mm. and this morning, I, I must have had 90 pieces of chocolate. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm trying to do. I don't know. Then I'll go to the gym later on the weights. But... It's got the chocolate. Yeah. I, I, you know what it is? I get, it's, it's a long show. I'm here for five hours. Yeah, I know that. Where did you find chocolate? It's everywhere. Where? Margo Out. has M&M's all over the uh, oh, yeah, kitchen. Oh, yeah. And then Gina in the other room has these, like, caramel chocolate. Yeah. So. So now I find myself, I'm like, it's like Watergate. I'm breaking into offices looking for chocolate, though, not, not political information. Well, that, that'll be a rough way to get fired. But well, if you have to, you have to. But it was such a good dinner, man. And then last night, Danielle made some chicken dish, which was outrageous. I don't, I, I, she never made it before. I don't like dark meat chicken. I like dry white meat chicken. But she made a dark meat chicken with spinach and feta cheese. And it was so good, I almost got naked. But then what stopped you? 
No, no, no. My kid was downstairs. He didn't want to see that. Okay. God bless. <laughs> Did we lose the house also? What's going on here? I thought that was already done. We won the house. No? Why are people telling me the house isn't done yet? I know we lost the Senate because something fishy happened in Nevada before Walker even finishes in Georgia. But is, is the house still up for grabs? I know we're winning. I think it's 219 to 216. That's way too close. I thought it was up to Georgia. That's the Senate. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, uh, we I'm may lose the House, too. This damn abortion. Lydia's right, man. Yeah, she was right. Yeah. Stop screaming at her. Everybody should just be pro-choice and shut up. We would have won everything. Why not? Abortion killed us. And that idiot Trump. <laughs> I'm so done with him, I can't even, I can't even talk about it. Yeah, Finished. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Oh, I can't wait till he talks tomorrow. I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> What's he going to be on? What, what, just Newsmax? or I would imagine just Newsmax, right? They get the exclusive. Here's Frankie Diaz Frankie from the newsroom. Frankie, what do you got for us? He's probably going to be on, uh, on C-SPAN or something, but I can. Yeah, I it's not going to be C-SPAN. Me... Thank you for that. Okay. I'll find it. <laughs> it's Newsmax, which nothing is mine. Ask Noam Layden. He's the, uh, the news director. He's like a, a big macha, and he just sat down at his seat. Hey, Noam. Noam. He's back after a hiatus. He went to WOR, which everybody goes there to die for a couple of years, and they actually come back and do radio. <laughs> Tom Cuddy. Nobody hires him like Tom Cuddy. Hey, Noam, what, uh, where, where am I going to find Trump tomorrow night? Is it just Newsmax? Don't, He's got you, could, you could turn your mic on. You You're a lot of talk. You, you know. can talk. You've been on with me many times before, in the good old days before. Well, You're you remember allowed, what happened. You're allowed to again. Yeah. Uh, Newsmax, is that it for Trump tomorrow night? No, I think you'll probably see him on all the networks. He's, it's a big announcement. No. He's, he's, he's announcing he's running for the White House. So right. I think you'd hear him everywhere. You think you'll see it? You, you do? Yeah. You think they're going to break into, like, I don't know. Um, Let's make a deal? Yeah. Well, maybe not that. And right. maybe not the Golden Girls Marathon on Nick at Night. They probably <laughs> won't break into that either. They have that? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, watching, I'm watching that. Now what about I mean, that kid Sheldon? Like that kid Sheldon on CBS. Yeah. No. I like him. <laughs> So last night, I think just, he'll sing, uh, thank you for being a friend. Yeah. <laughs> last night, you know, was a two-hour season premiere of Yellowstone. Did you guys watch that? I love Yellowstone. I did not see it last night. Did you realize premiere. last night was, this, was a new I did. Do you ever watch it yet? I have not watched um, it. You want me to tell you what happened right now? Kind of. No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, 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 it is so far and away right now. This is not even worth discussing, and I won't discuss it. In fact, put this on the shirt, too. If Bernie were alive... Abortion and Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Anybody who tries to make any argument, there's a show on television half as good as Yellowstone. You're out. I like Blue Bloods. I get it. Blue Bloods. Blah blah blah. Great. Blue That's probably Bloods? yeah. It's a great show. Anybody say anything? About oh Blue no. Bloods. Here in New York, it's a big deal. Like, Peter what, King loves it. Bernie when? loved it. I know it's a good show, but I've never heard anybody mention. That's Blue the Bloods. that's the only other show they talk about here is Blue Bloods. Okay. But uh, Yellowstone is it's it's that girl Kerry Riley. Who plays Kevin Costner's daughter Beth? She is unbelievable. Uh, Noam, did you go see um, Wakanda Forever yet? I have not seen that yet. No. no. Did you see the Black Panther? I did. I loved the Black Panther. That was great. Do you have to say that because you're white, and if you don't, you get in trouble, right? Basically, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you have to go see Wakanda Forever because if you don't, then you're a racist. Maybe. Yeah. Right, and then you have to do that thing that Kamala Harris does. She actually uh, started her campaigning this weekend, and believe it or not. Quoted that movie. Play that, uh, Lewis. And as always, Wakanda forever. Paid for by Kamala Harris. <laughs>
<laughs> Wakanda Forever, and she follows it up. She's serious. What is Paid for by <laughs> Kamala Harris for vice president. <laughs> Wakanda for, and she puts the thing. She you have to see the video, Norman. The guy, she puts her arms together. It's like Mike Tyson Generation <laughs> X thing from the wrestling days. Yeah, she could have the best job in the country. She's, she's got the best job She's for not sure, doing bro. Anything. Hey, I'm vice president. <laughs> Johnny Tobacco <laughs> thinks Blue Bloods is the best show on television. So that's all you need to know. If he says it, it's got to be true, bro. Not even uh, no. Yeah, Yellowstone's I, I the best show. Sure. Do you watch Yellowstone? What about uh, Neighborhood? That's a great. I show. do like Neighborhood. I think it's funny. <laughs> no, I do. I, I've never seen one second. I think of it's it. on tonight on CBS at eight o'clock. It's kind of funny. I, I don't that's with the nerdy shows. white guy and the, and the the heavy black guy. They're funny together. Yeah, that's it's right. fine. That's okay. I watch that once more before Monday Night Football. Tonight's the Eagles and the Commanders. So let me watch that. Or uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. I can't stand that show. <laughs> I don't like shows where I can't. The name is too long, or it's like it a, doesn't a, make any sense. Doesn't make any heart. sense, right? What does that mean? Why do you say that? Don't say that. Isn't the concept over too? Aren't they together yes. and it's done? Yes, no, it's, it's done. stupid. Okay. So I shoot. basically watch the ID the channel all day because I can't watch enough murder. I can't, and then I watch the Bravo channel, and then I watch Yellowstone and sports and Trump, and, I, and that's it. That's all I watch. You two know them, same thing. Real Housewives of New Jersey. I can't wait for the new season. Like, when's it coming on? Do we know? I don't know. <laughs> I love What that makes show. you think I know somebody on that show? <laughs> you do. I figured you, you have the in. <laughs> I, you know, I actually stopped watching it last year. I think it's back in February. Is that your favorite one, really? I, I really, yeah, of, of all the Housewives. Who's your favorite I, Housewife on that show? Is it Dolores? Uh, yeah, Dolores is great. I like them all. I don't know if I have a favorite. All right. All right. Cool. All right. What are you shaking your head for, Justin Alec? What is it? No reason. Noam Layden loves that show. Who knew Noam Layden loves that show? That's how he got the job back here. Yeah, I just don't like Dolores as a character. I think she's... um. It's not a character, more. She's, she's a real person. person. What do you mean? <laughs> no, as I know, a character, but it, but that's really her. Yeah, but that's really it's, what it's it is. Re- no, it's, it's reality TV. That's uh, really her. Yeah. She's actually playing herself. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that character, Dolores. Well, then, if she's playing herself, then I, then I don't like her. All right. 1-800-848-WABC. Let you guys play Mahjong later, and you can watch these <laughs> stupid <laughs> 1-800-848-9222. <laughs> Maybe I'll get Trump on tomorrow before the big, uh, the big announcement tomorrow night. Want me to do that? Yeah, sure. Can in put, bet- on, put it on the T-shirt. Sir. Yeah. In between me uh, setting up the Eric Adams Julie Giuliani dinner and furthering peace between the Israelis and the Arabs. Right, I knew that was on the list. If Bernie were alive, I'd get him on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, I like this song. You should play, um, well, tomorrow should be two for Tuesday for the Beatles. I know you hate that uh, station, the old guys, Scott Muni, Carol Miller. No, my favorites. Dan Neer, like Richard Neer. talking rock and roll, nothing like it. Harris Allen. <laughs> Quick shout out to Charlie Marino and um, Joan Nunziata listening this morning. Why did you hate that station so much? Classic rock. I didn't hate it. Well, you I, don't like the DJs. No, I, I hated the laudedness that they got. Like, oh, they're so great. The oh, DJs. Why, what's the big deal? People say, you're great. They said, I miss was great. What are you getting angry about? Oh, because I was working. I actually worked. Oh, you don't think Scott Muni worked? No. You know, I watched how they how they did it over there. Well, I you get too there. angry about the whole I thing. I was over there. No, he was the angry. best. Muni was the best ever. 
he, they did good interviews and stuff, but they sat there while engineers and what, producers Jim, did all the work. Does Jim Kerr work? Yes. Oh, so why does Jim Kerr work but not Scott Muni? I, you brought up specific people. Oh, so oh you hate it. Scott Muni. I don't hate them. You hate Scott Shannon? Um, wait till my T-shirt. You hate Todd all. Pettengill? If Bernie were here, he wouldn't let this happen. He would away. never let this no. happen. You hate Elvis Duran for some reason? No. I you like hate Elvis Sweeney Murdy. You've always hated Sweeney Murdy. No. <laughs> just I don't know why up. that. You're just making names up. No, Sweeney, you you hate these people. Sweeney loves me. I love him. No, you hated Bob Usler. Somehow I ended up working with you though. And I, I, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, the real irony. But I know who you love, Dick Morris. You love Dick Morris. Dick Morris is a genius. Yes, he is. He's a Deedle is so mad that Dick Morris is a genius. You better make sure you tune in tomorrow for Bo Deedle. That's going to be outrageous radio. He starts yelling about music more. <laughs> and, of course, Donald Trump will announce his presidency tomorrow night. That's official. So you're going to want to be here tomorrow. I'm telling you, folks, tomorrow's going to be a phenomenal show. Today was great. Excellent job, Lou Rafino, as always. Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz, Noam Layton, Deb Valentine, the Everybody whole crew. I have 13 seconds. No, you're supposed to be out now. Oh, all right. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Good night, Bernard. <laughs> That's good.